This is Chicago's NFL Game Day on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. We're feeling good about ourselves right now, but it's time to move on, go to work, and, and get ready to stack another one. So that's that's just been the mindset. The next question is how do we respond from a win? And so more importantly than the 2-1 and one, uh, is going to be how, how do we handle ourselves do we just feel satisfied now that we won? NFL game day. Not getting too high on your success. And um, it, it's kind of the same thing with Green Bay, not getting too low on something that we didn't finish the way we wanted to, right? So just being able to stay even keel, you know, it's a marathon. You know what I mean? You have to get all the way to the end if you want to get a chance. And so you just got to stay even keel and be able to, to, to progress but not get too excited. Right now, we can't be satisfied with, you know, one win, two win, three wins. You know, I mean, our goal is to win this division and to keep it. worried about, you know, stacking the wins, and, and making sure that we don't get complacent or satisfied in the fact that we did win one game, which means nothing. This is Chicago's NFL Game Day. Touchdown, Chicago! On ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome on in. It is week three of the NFL season. Fred Hubner along with Steve Mongo McMichael. We're getting you ready for the Bears and the Arizona Cardinals and Michael, when we leave here, we have time to get home before we got to worry about watching Bears football. It'll start till 325 today. That's right. I'll go home and lay down, <laughs> pet my dog. <laughs> Who do we have on uh, the football game on the network here at 12? I think they're showing the Packers. They oh, may be, maybe Packers, gosh. Redskins. I guess there's enough Packer fans in town oh, that yeah. please them. Yeah, they're all over the place. I, I know exactly who they're showing. We'll talk about that in a yeah. second. We got a lot to talk about as we get ready. For the Bears game today, we'll get you all set. We will do our bold predictions. It's a new segment. Predictions we think will happen in the Bears game today. Mm. Also, look at around the NFC North. There are a couple, three games, including tonight. How do you think that uh, Patriots-Lions game is going to turn out? The uh, the uh, the coach going against his former assistant, Matt Patricia. Well, I think he's in trouble. The way the Patriots are laying down, maybe a... Uh, coaching tree X will beat his old boss today. We'll see. Right. We'll see. It could always happen. I've told you about the Patriots, baby. Tom Brady saying uh, no thanks for OTAs. Yeah, it's about Belichick not telling him about it. he playing Butler in the in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I promise you, in Tom Brady's mind. Won the Seattle game, and he wasn't out there to help us win this one. Uh-huh. Oh, coach, I ain't about it no more. Yeah, it's got to be tough, apparently, playing for him. Uh, we'll also talk with Josh Weinfuss. He is the uh, beat writer for the NFL Nation, ESPN's NFL Nation, covering the Arizona Cardinals. Yurko's keys to a Bears victory coming up around 10.50. Patrick Finley of the Sun-Times at 11. And Mongo, we moved your man-ups to 11.30. Mongo's man-ups at 11.30, and we will get to those. Well, was it? Uh, I, I wasn't here last week. What was your man-ups for last week in the Monday night game? Oh, baby. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. What were they? It was Nagy. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Come on now. Run the ball. And he still didn't. Still. No, still has Now, what not. should he do in the desert today? Yeah. I got an idea. Run, he should Give the ball, the ball to Howard 14, 15 times? Maybe Wrong. even more than that. Well, Wrong. I don't know. You know what? You, you know what happens? I don't want Patrick Peterson no. being the star today. You know what happens every time... An owner hires a head coach that used to be a quarterback. Do you know what plays he calls when he should run the ball, right, Fred? Passing, passing Oh, plays. Yeah. yeah. Quarterback wants to throw the ball. Sure. And then, you know, you're brainwashed your whole life <laughs> in that. So believe me, it's what's happening to uh, Dallas with Garrett and 
and the, their quarterback oh, down sure. there, baby. Sure. They're trying to make him a franchise quarterback, and he's not. No, he's not. Plus, he doesn't and, have weapons to throw to. And this is what I'm saying to Nagy. Uh, he's not a franchise quarterback yet. Right. you got to give All him some right. time. Yeah. I'm giving him time. Here are the games that are on today on TV. Bills and Vikings on Channel 2 at 12 o'clock, and the uh, Packers and Redskins uh, at noon. So you get... To, you get uh, NFC Central games, NFC North games, I mean, right off the bat uh, at noon. 3 o'clock, the Bears and Cardinals, obviously. And tonight you've got the uh, Sunday Night Affair Patriots and the Lions. We'll talk about uh, a lot of the games. I want to ask, get your opinion really quickly of the, the win over Seattle. Now, it, it was a great win. It was nice to get a victory. Uh, Brian Urlacher celebration, which the network decided not to cover uh, at halftime, and they apologized but, and said they made a mistake. But they'll cover the national anthem in the kneeling. Huh? <laughs> and, yeah, what I the guess. hell's going on around here? And so, but it, the nice part was Erlacher, a lot of players flew in. A lot of the former guys who played with them. Yeah, yeah Devin Hester had flown in, and Mike Brown flew in, and a bunch of other guys that were out of town. Um, uh, Adewale Agunlea flew yeah. in from I, Florida. I, Peanut left his stakeout. Yep. <laughs> yeah, peanut, peanut, peanuts stopped on by. So that was all all nice. And then the Bears go on to a victory. Now the final score was twenty four seventeen. Now I don't know about you, but I love what the Bears have done defensively in the first half. I don't love what they've done in the fourth quarter. And everybody says, "Oh, that you know, that's okay." No, it's not okay. They've given up 35 fourth-quarter points in two games. I've tried to tell everybody what that's about. <laughs> two games. And I tried to tell Nagy when I went and talked to the rookies when he had me there. Uh-huh. The one thing I told him, I know you can't make them hit anymore, but you can run the hell out of them so they're the best-in-shape team in the league. Yeah. I told you all along, the team that gasses out in the fourth quarter... Is going to give up points and lose games. Yeah, and that's what the two teams in the fourth quarter have done to the Spares defense. They ran an up-tempo, hurry-up offense. Now, one of the best to do it is Aaron Rodgers, and he did it for the three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And even in the game the other day against Seattle, Russell Wilson can do it. He doesn't have a ton of receivers. His best guy is out right now, Doug Baldwin. But thank goodness that Prince of Mucamara can catch the ball. Well, we were up a couple of scores, and they were gassed out, and Seattle went down and scored. Because if Prince of Mucamara doesn't catch the interception, that's a you're sweating that game out because well, you a, ended up winning by seven points. It's a tie game, yeah. And the overtime, yep. Ooh, so and the Bears' defense is gassed out. What do you think is going to happen in overtime? Yeah, bad things. You know, my man up, the main culprit in this, his new nickname is Muffin Top. Okay. We'll get to that later. Yes, we will. Muffin Top will be a topic of conversation when we get to that. But I, I just need the Bears defense just needs to stop giving up points late in the game. Now, one guy that we had a chance to see a lot more of on Monday night was Roquan Smith. He had eight snaps in the first game, but he had a bunch more. In the game Monday night, he had 59 snaps. Vic Fangio, the uh, defensive coordinator, talking about his um, linebacker. He played well. He had a couple missed tackles we didn't like. And and then, um, you know, it goes back to another thing. You know, he missed, missed training camp, basically all of training camp. And, um, you know, we started playing a coverage there at the end of the game. And, you know, when we put it in and worked on it the most, he wasn't there at training camp. And he didn't execute it like we'd want it to at the end of the game there, which allowed some of those completions. And I, that's more on me than him because I should have realized he wasn't there when we worked on it and made sure he was honed up on it. But really liked the way he played and had some really nice plays. 
good tackler, obviously can run, and uh, we're thrilled to have him. So what's going to happen as we go further along is you're going to see improvements, obviously, from Roquan Smith. He'll get to know oh, yeah. the entire defense and instead well, of just most of it. Well, you know, I've been saying all along, he don't have that green dot on his helmet yet, Fred. Not yet. So why would you think he knew coverage? Yeah. Danny Trevathan's got it on his helmet. He's the guy that came away with the Defensive Player of the Week with well, eight tackles and two you, sacks. You mean literally the Bear Scotty Pippen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. basically it, right? He's playing with Michael Jordan and, oh, Scotty's the MVP of the game. Yeah. Come on. Well, you think about it. Khalil Mack has made such an impact in the first two games. He hasn't won Defensive Player of the Week. You had well, you had you had uh, Danny Trevathan last week with the two sacks and the uh, and the eight tackles, and Khalil just keeps doing his job. Well, that's what I mean about my, everybody remembers Michael Jordan. Yep, should have been the MVP of every game he played. Sure, but he wasn't. No, because you know you spoil them and always somebody else, and that's what you do. This the offshoot of what they get to do. Sure. Sure, and the defense has been stepping up. They've been playing very, very well, and they need to because the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky are still learning their offense. Um, there are some interesting stats, and I know you can always have stats for everything, but the Bears, on their first drives, they do real well. They've had a, uh, what was it, a 96 and an 86-yard drive in their first uh, first series. You know what that's about? They script those plays, right. and they run them in practice so everybody knows what they're doing, all 11 guys. I'm pretty sure they miss some plays up in practice, and you know what the coach says? Run it again yeah, till you get it right. Right. So on Sunday, everybody knows what their job is, and the play goes off. Yeah. And then you get later on in the game. Should, should he just script the whole game? The whole thing. Everything <laughs> scripted. Each yeah. and every play scripted. Yeah, opening drives, 86 yards and 96 yards. Touchdowns on both of them. Trubisky's completing 695 percent of his passes now granted his passes aren't going fire the last seven quarters his he's got two completions of more than 15 yards both of them going to running backs his average is just 5.4 yards per attempt 31st amongst uh the qualified quarterbacks right now, now um have you seen what i've seen on these go patterns the uh, they run down the sideline how accurate he is he's not no he's not and that was what that's the one thing he can't drop it in the bucket baby. I, I am i'm i'm behind him because you know why you have no choice if you're a bears fan he's pace's guy oh. he's here they traded he's up to right. they traded up to get him big. he's gonna be here oh, so they'll live and die with him. the only thing and that's the only thing right now that i'm questioning and that was the one thing that they liked about him was his he was more accurate he can't miss. He can't miss the Allen Robinson in the back of the end zone on the on the uh, fade route in the opener, and he can't miss Taylor Gabriel yeah. on that pass that was you know, wide open. I don't care if it's his second season. You're the mentality. You draft a young kid, and you have a quarterback on the roster already. You let him sit and learn, you know, like they did Patrick Mahomes right. last year. Uh, I don't care if this is Trubisky's second year. What I saw out of Chase Daniels in the preseason. Have a grip on this offense. Yeah, when he played, yeah, he knew what he was doing. He did because he knew the offense. I, I would say this is the, this is going to be Trubisky's rookie year, and he's going to sit down and watch Chase Daniels do it. How about that? How about that? Thinking outside the box. That would be outside the box. Yeah, yeah, having it, especially after you had Trubisky have to start twelve games but, last year. But when you got a defense, you don't have to do that. And see, and that's not. It's almost like we're going to try to win games, but we don't. We know we're not ready to win win at all yet. So that's why it's his time to learn. 
in this well, offense. You know, you're not you're not ready to be the favorite in every game you play and crush every team that right. you're supposed to crush. Yeah. Yeah. You're not ready for that. No. No, but you should be crushing the Arizona Cardinals today. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You're, yeah. you're supposed to do this today. We'll right. see if yeah. they're on the way. Today's the day you're supposed to crush the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Offensively, the Cardinals have one guy. They have David Johnson, their running back. He is a guy that uh, all fantasy football guys know. Jeff Meller, who is here with Fantasy Football Frenzy each and every Sunday morning. He knows David David Johnson was a guy that went right off the boards really early. And Fangio was asked what to expect from David Johnson. Well, you need to be aware of everything with him. He uh, obviously is a very accomplished running back when they hand it off to him. Runs with good balance, power, speed. He's a loose fin there. He kind of picks his holes good. And then, you know, he's a guy that can split out and line up as a wide receiver and run routes, not just be out there for decoration. And they like to get him the ball in the past. And we, we, we're anticipating some of that from them. Yeah, there are a lot of people that think that uh, they'll move Johnson to the slot and have him go out for passes today. Yeah. Well, that would be a great thing if, you know, if uh, Sam Bradford had any time to throw the ball. Yeah, well, that's just what I was going to say. The one thing Fangio didn't talk about was how great a blocker he is. Uh huh. <laughs> Ooh, I'd be bringing some stuff. Yeah, be and you know they're going stuff. to. They want they they want to take this game. And the way the defense has played the first couple of games, there's no doubt that they want to just uh, go into Arizona and take this game away early and and win a game easily. You don't win many games easily in the NFL. Well, you know what, the Cardinal fans would be happy about that. Because if the Bears go in here and win this by a couple or three scores, Rosen is going to start playing. That's what will happen. Oh, and they're ready for that out there. Yeah, because you look, so far, two games, the Arizona's... Quarterback yeah. the Cardinals right, people. Josh Rosen, yeah. right. Uh, right now, Sam Bradford's the quarterback. They have six points in two games. A David Johnson touchdown. Yeah. And then they had to go for two because they were losing by so much. And they failed. Is it just me, or does Bradford look like the oldest quarterback in the league? He looks pretty wow. old. Yeah. I mean, and he's not, way, but he's been he's been he beat wa- up. I'm not I'm not his face. I'm talking about the way he walks yeah. around and throws the ball with less velocity. Now. Yeah, you know, like my like my shoulders, <laughs> <laughs> they're just bone now. There ain't no muscle there no more. No, well, he's been he's been beat up uh, where he's been in different places before. He's been able to actually have some nice seasons uh, when he has some weapons. Right now, he's got Larry Fitzgerald, and that's about it. He really doesn't have many well, weapons. Larry Fitzgerald will still probably catch 10 balls well, today. And Larry's on the downside of it himself, right. baby. Yeah. People didn't even know if he was going to come back this year. Well, if they keep starting Bradford for the whole year and the way that offense is going to work and yeah. the, the record they're going to have, that'll be Larry's last year. One of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, Leonard Floyd is a guy that we were all hoping would would take that next step this year with uh, Khalil Mack on the one side. And I think Leonard Floyd's played okay. I don't think he's been outstanding in these first two games, but he's played with the the cast where his hand looked like a big yeah. Q-tip. Uh, now well, they say he's going to wear a cast where he can actually use his fingers. Football is the same perception as this, Fred. If you got one or both hands in a club, should you go to a strip joint? <laughs> No, no, for a couple of reasons. Yeah, you can't get the. You can't, you, and, uh, how you gonna get for, the money out? For the same reason, you shouldn't be playing at Soldier Field with one. Because just like Fangio said, you're less. Yeah, you're, if you can't use your fingers to grab, 
You're useless. Yeah, it makes it really tough. So now he's got a cast on this week that's going that hopefully will allow him to yeah. do a little bit more. Uh, Nagy talked about it. So it looks like he's going to have that for the game, which which means he'll have availability of his fingers, uh, which is nice to be able to to grab. And so we get rid of that Q-tip uh, that I'm told it's called. And uh, <laughs> so I didn't know what the heck he was talking. What Andre was talking about when he said that, but then I figured it out. It looks like a Q-tip. <laughs> the thing's gone. So. Um, so now uh, some fingers are, are alive, and, and it's so getting a little bit closer to where he needs to be. But, uh, he, you know, it, he, he's a football player, so it, it'll help him a little bit. But, um, you know, I'm sure his fingers can breathe now, which is nice. Well, it's got to help getting around people, getting uh, past people. Well, if, if he can use his fingers now, he didn't say his thumb. It must be something broke in his thumb, right? Uh-huh. I thought it was like in the middle hand. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought, too. Because that's why you club it up. If it's your thumb, you know. My whole career, after I, I tore the ligaments in my thumbs, they call them gamekeeper thumbs, Fred. Okay. You know, you reach out, and sometimes the palms of your hands don't hit the guy your thumbs do. Sure. And here they come to your forearm. Yeah. And snap. Well, for the rest of my career, and I'm talking about a decade here, I had casts on both thumbs. Okay. Every game. But your fingers were free. Well, yeah. Yeah. That You know, that's how you grab something. Sure. Sure. <laughs> And that's what you need to and, do. It ain't your thumb. No. But, yeah, but, you know, that's tough. Yeah. It's tough, baby, because if it's his thumb, I would tell him right now, don't let him shoot it up before they put the cast on. Just go with it. Because, you know, pain, mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. Because <laughs> the first time I let the doctor shoot my thumb up, you know how it felt the whole game? It, it, it's like... Uh, that no. Titans quarterback Hansfield, after he hurt, yeah. hurt his funny bone right. ligament, you know, you get that tingling and you try to shake it out. And it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. Ah, that's not good. You can't do that. Uh, uh, Trevathan and, and Roquan Smith are going to be the guys to keep an eye on David Johnson today. And I, you know, both of them, Trevathan's playing really, really well. And I had asked you this in the first week, what the addition of Khalil Mack's going to mean to the rest of the guys on, on defense, does does it help all? I mean, everybody, but does it help all the linebackers especially? It's like Buddy Ryan used to tell me, Hampton and Dent, alleviating the double team from us running the blitz. Uh-huh. So we just got one guy on us if the offensive line does it right. Yeah. You understand? Sure. And every time we just have pass rushing on one guy, but we didn't get to the quarterback, what the hell's wrong with you? I set you free. <laughs> No, you didn't set me free. You just got one guy on me. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because in the first two games, the, def- the the offensive line, they've really seemed to have had only one guy in Khalil Mack. They, had, they don't seem to have chipped him all that much. Well, I see the tight end over there, and before he goes out in his pattern, he'll make him hesitate. Yeah, I know. So one time he looked at him, and then yeah. he went, and so, <laughs> went out for a round. So instead of that offensive tackle having Khalil Mack right in his mug, the tight end, you know, delays him. Right. And now it's like... Three or four yards before he gets to the tackle instead of two. They uh, they should have an advantage today amongst every other thing uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. Their tackle on that side is injured. So they're Ooh. going with a backup. Wow. Yeah. So that's so not... So you know who's licking his chops yeah. this morning. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's he's he's no already doubt. up drinking coffee wide-eyed. Yeah, oh. he, he's all ready for this one you because know, he knows he knows he's going to have a great opportunity. Well, you know, in his career... 
He'll play against some pug and get five sacks in one game, and boy, there goes the, the total is through the roof yeah. after that. You know, sure. Instead of just getting one a game, he'll get five in one game, and now the donkey barbecue's only going to have double digits <laughs> at the end of the year. Andre Smith, the tackle for Arizona, out for this game, so they go to their backup, and, and, and he uh, was no good. No, uh, yeah, he wasn't great. He wasn't great. Now, they do get some things back for them on the defensive side. Guys that uh, you may know names of if you're if you're a fan of uh, I don't care. No, but but on the other side, defensively, Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden, they're guys that combined last year for 23 and a half sacks. Okay, they're going up against Charles Leno and Bobby Massey. Those two have been pretty quiet this year, which is good. When you don't hear the names of your tackles, they're doing a good job. Now, we just talked about Trubisky and all the sharp passes they're having him throw. I don't care about somebody's sack total. They ain't got him standing back there, you know, in jeopardy. Right. He's throwing the ball short, and it's gone. Yeah. Well, and hopefully he's able to move up. Hopefully the line's able to protect. I know one of the first weeks you were also talking about the, the three guys in the middle, the center and the two guards, protecting protecting Trubisky so he can throw the ball yeah. and feel comfortable in the pocket. Stand your ground. Yeah. He hasn't. Uh, he, he's had a little bit of happy feet. Even he's talked about that a little bit, and that's got to change. You can't have happy feet as a quarterback you in know, this league. You know what I haven't seen? Do you remember his rookie year in that first preseason game, his first touchdown pass? They had him roll left, and he threw a dart to the corner of the end zone. I went, oh, my God, we got something here. Why don't they have him bootleg or sprint out anymore? Well, the touchdown to Anthony Miller was rolling left. Why don't they have him do that? Yeah, he should do it a lot more because he, he, it's funny because he's really accurate throwing the ball on the run. Bootleg and sprint out, baby. That's right. That's just a natural progression to play action. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, instead of taking it under center, if you want to shotgun snap it ever down, there's your play action. A bootleg or a sprint out. You said shotgun snap. I don't think we saw one bad one from Cody Whitehair last week, did we? Oh, my God. Something's, something's, Do you get, see how he snaps the ball now? Can, yeah, can it be two weeks in a row? He, he grabs the end of the ball. By the tip, yeah. And snaps it end over end to him. Yeah. Instead of like a a, a, a a little short snap to a field goal or extra point straight, you know. That's reason for failure right there, my friend. <laughs> we'll hear more from Mitchell Trubisky as he gears up for his third game of the season against the Arizona Cardinals. Steve Michael McMichael, Fred Hubner with you. 312-332-3776 here at ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Newton and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. Getting you ready for the Bears and the Cardinals later this afternoon at 325 start. So you'll be able to catch all the early games and then swing on over and catch the Bears game as they take on the Cardinals in Arizona. You remember the game back in the day, Mongo. Uh, It was uh, week week six of 2006. One of the greatest head coaching sound bites of all time. (laughs) Yeah, week six of 2006. The Bears down 20 points. Then good things happen. Just short of playoffs. Yes, just about. So the Bears come back in a 24-23 win, and we all remember the sound after the game. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. I forgot the Bears were undefeated going into that game. Now, 
They were five and zero. Oh. They were five and zero. Oh. I don't think they had their bye before that, and that was week six of the season. Where's this double standard coming from, our producer over there? I can't say the A word. He'll dump me, but Dennis Green can. <laughs> no, you can. It depends on context, Mongo. Oh I don't, I don't dump all those. Oh, it does. not so, dump all those on so, you. So the the prerequisite, the Mongo context. Get your <laughs> finger on the button. Sometimes the context from Mongo oh. isn't the best. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the you know, so if I go son of a biscuit and and you don't hear the last one, I didn't say the B word. I said biscuit. He just thought I was going to say it and dumped right, it. Right, you started the B. I hit yeah. it anyway. I think so. he dumped you anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's the way it happens. My goodness, <laughs> am I that out of hand? Not usually. Yeah, not usually. Well, I'd have been on multiple police blotters if that was the case, guys. <laughs> don't believe that Mongo character. That was an act. I still tell the story. About four or five times a year, I tell the story about how mad you were at the Bears' 25th reunion. I think it was 25th reunion, wasn't it? When Mike Adamley let everybody know that you were on the Dean's List of Texas. Yeah. All these years later, you're going to ruin the gimmick. Right. Good Lord. <laughs> and you know, all these years later, I'm more Mongo than Steve McMichael, I guess, because, you know, you get that part. You know, I've, I've known actors... And they're sane, sure. incredible people, but they get some retard part. That's who they are till the movie's over. It's, yeah. And it gets to be a point where all of a sudden you become that person. Mitchell Trubisky. And I'm sorry, so I mean special needs. Yeah. Thank you. Mitchell Trubisky. God help me. Mitchell Trubisky going up against Arizona. The people, the Bears fans, it's amazing. The number of Bears fans complaining about him. And I'm try- I tried to explain earlier in the week, and I did it again Friday when I was here. He's your quarterback. They traded up to get him. Ryan Pace is your general manager. He ain't going anywhere. You don't have Patrick Mahomes. Hey, you don't have Baker Mayfield. Look, let, let me explain this to everybody. You got Mitchell Trubisky. They, they wanted him so bad. They didn't have to trade up for him. He would have fell where they were drafted. He probably would have. They, were, yeah. they wanted him so bad. They could taste it. Yes, and they've got him, and they feel he can run this offense. Now, just 16 passes thrown 10 yards or more downfield this year. Only 16. Now, they do have wide receivers this year. You can't say they don't have weapons this year. They have weapons in Taylor Gabriel and uh, Allen Robinson. Oh, by the way, before I get any further, remember Kevin White? Yeah. Do you remember him? He He had 12 snaps against Green Bay. Do you know how many snaps he had against Seattle? I don't remember. He had two snaps. I don't remember his name. Yeah, I know. Happened? I don't either. That's why I'm, I'm glad one of the papers, I think it was uh, Adam Johnson, Uh-oh. the Sun-Times mentioned him. Is he it, had two snaps. Is it coming again? Two snaps. The old pull-up and, oh, I'm injured thing. Well, some people are asking about Javon Wims and why he's not playing instead of Kevin White. Well, it doesn't really matter because no. neither one of those would play anyway. You said his name. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Javon Wims. Ooh, ooh. Javon Wims, a guy that looked really good in uh, preseason. Now, Matt Nagy was asked if Trubisky actually, you know, with only 16 balls, 10 yards or further, does he have to take shots downfield? That's important, yeah. And, and that was something that in training camp we wanted to make sure that uh, we took. Uh, we did not care about results in training camp. Wanted his mentality to be touchdown to checkdown. Uh, so now that we're in the games and that it does count, we want we want to be able to um, make good decisions and take take calculated risks on on going deep and stretching defenses. And so now, when you have those opportunities, we need to make the most of it. That sounds good. Did you hear what he said though? What they learned in training camp? Yeah. 
He couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, he can't do it. Maybe yet. that's why. Right. Maybe you that's why they're throwing saying? short until exactly. he can figure it out. Yeah. Everybody needs to realize that what they see on the field on Sunday, the coaches have already seen in practice. Right. All right. And if they if they've seen something they think ain't going to work, you ain't going to see it on yeah, Sunday. They're not going to call those things. No. There were a couple of interceptions for Trubisky uh, on Monday night against Seattle. He could have thrown a third. It was late in the in the half. He's just trying to get rid of the ball, and they dropped it at the goal line. Seattle did, and uh, Trubisky talked about those two picks. Always study your mistakes, uh, positive plays and bad plays. So I look at those two plays and see what I could have done better and then definitely put it behind me. So Wow, not um, thrown it is one. Like like I said before, (laughs) no one game or one play is going to define me as a player. And what I'm most proud of is just moving on and helping my team uh, throughout the rest of the game and just doing my job and doing what I know how to do as a quarterback. So study that. I wrote down a bunch of wow. notes on what I can do better, talked with Coach about it, and uh, just continue to get better and, and uh, stay within go. the growing process. He finally started breathing. See, he's learning, too. He's learning how to deal with the media, too. Think about it. I, I think a lot of quarterbacks, when they first come out, unless they were talked to a lot in college and things like that, they are a little rushed with the media answering well, their questions. When you, when you only start your senior year in college, maybe you're not inundated with the press yeah, and ready for it when you come into pro football. Yeah, right? takes a little bit longer to get ready. I said, take a breath. You know what that means? Oh, he's trying to tell everybody he's got it. Uh, you know, what it's he, all I got it all down, and oh boy, but he, breathe. He says the right things to me. He says, you know, I got to go over not only the good things I do, but the bad things I do. Uh, or vice versa, the bad things and the good things. And, uh, yeah, he does. He's got to make sure that he doesn't overthrow wide-open guys. The Taylor Gabriel overthrow was was terrible. And everybody, at that point, when people saw it, everyone says, oh, he can't quarterback in this league. You know what? I've seen everybody, every quarterback in the league overthrows people. Oh, yeah. Okay? It happens. Otherwise, they would all have 100% completion rates. They all make bad throws. Aaron Rodgers has overthrown people. It happens. They would all have a lot more touchdowns than they have on their statistics, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like, just like I said, they've seen what Trubisky can do, dropping the ball in the bucket, running down the sideline on that go pattern. That's why they don't call it. Well, here's the one thing that we they, we did see that he, uh, he can do, and he he rolled left. He found Anthony Miller, the rookie. Wait, wait, he, he on the run? He did. He rolled left. Wow. Yeah, on the run, rolled wow. left, and he found uh, Anthony Miller in the end zone for a touchdown, and he talked about it. I feel comfortable on the move. Um, and it's just another way to switch up the launch point in the pocket. I think it helps out the O line a lot because they're not just the defensive line; just can't pin their ears back and come after the rusher. Um, and it's really comfortable for me to throw on the run. And uh, when guys are getting open like that and running great routes, it just makes it easy. So I thought it was a great play call for that situation. It's definitely something, something I'm comfortable doing. So hopefully we'll see more of it uh, going forward. But whatever's helping this offense score points is really good. You know, what, you know what makes a quarterback feel good is when they call something that he knows he's good at doing. Yeah. And if he thinks he's good at doing it and he shows right. he is, call the play more. But then... The defense will defend it. you got to do something else. Now, here's me thinking outside the box again, Fred. Imagine a play in the past, and not even your own team run it. You know, because the Browns ran the Philly special just the other way because the guy was left-handed passer, all right? Right. Worked again, didn't it? It sure did. All right. This kid's good on the move, like Warren Moon was in that run and shoot. Uh Uh-huh. Ever down, he ain't in the pocket. He's moving right or left. Yeah. Maybe you should go back in the archives of that old Oilers running shoot offense 
and pick up a few of those plays. Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. He throws so well on the move, why not do it? Now, on that scoring play, 11-play scoring drive in the second half, it didn't include a third down. What does that do to the defense? When you, you're the offense, you get a first down, second down, and on second down, you make a first down, so you don't have a third down. So that, that means that defensive group usually has to stay out there, doesn't it? Ooh, so now they're a little, they're a little more well, winded. They're a little more exhausted. Well, if you're not going on for third downs, you're going down the field. Yeah. So what does that mean? You're in there multiple plays. You're gassed. Yeah. You know the shape these guys are. Sure. In. So the uh, so the Bears had an 11 play scoring drive in the second half. The one that ended with the 10 yard touchdown pass to Anthony Miller. No third downs. So that is nice. Trubisky was four for four for 31 yards. Uh, there were a couple of uh, wide receiver screens in there. That's the kind of offense you want to see. And you know what they've done in both in both games? They've actually had drives in the second half. They had two drives in the second half of the Packer game. There were six-and-a-half-minute drives, and they drove 70 yards, but they both ended in field goals instead of touchdowns. Well, that can't what, happen. This is what I, I, I'm, you know, sarcastically meant script the whole game. Well, why don't you script a, about... Ten plays to pl- run at ha- after half. In the second half, half yeah. Uh. Yeah. For the first time, you get the ball in the second half after you see what happens in the first half. What you, the know, defense- you, can, you can have two scripts. If you're behind, that's a different script. If you're winning the game, a different script. You, you know, my goodness, if you're going to do it, open up the umbrella and get it on. We come back, bold predictions. A newer segment, we've got bold predictions for this Bears game today against the Arizona Cardinals. Steve Michael McMichael, Fred Hubner. I've got a bold prediction for you. (laughs) We're here till noon on ESPN 1000. Yeah. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Hubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Bold predictions. Ah, yeah, bold predictions for today's Bears and Cardinals game. Mongo and Fred, Eric Ostrowski jumps on We're talking Bears predictions. Well, I mean, give me predictions on anything in the NFL. I know. Oh, you, NFL. You, yeah, you were, I think you were going to predict something else. Yeah, if I ever see a shortstop walking down the street, I'm going to whoop his butt. I'm going to tell him I'm going to teach you what it's like to get out of your weight class, little man. And I'll stop there. Okay, so now we'll get bold predictions yeah. on the Bears game. Okay. Uh, well, let's start with Eric Ostrowski, our producer. He hasn't had to hit the bell once today. Well, I know. So, I'm impressed, Mongo. Well, see what uh, happens after a win? Uh, there, there, Not as many morons. There's less morons <laughs> around when you win, yes. Yes. Thank God. Yes. You right. know, imagine that happening. Less morons around and you're winning. Yeah. Imagine that. Yep. That's the way it works. So what do you got, Eric? What are your bold predictions? All right, my bold prediction is the now clubless Leonard Floyd Mm. is going to have a breakout game. I'm going to say he's going to have two sacks today against your Arizona Cardinals. Two sacks. Wow, that's bold. Two sacks for Leonard Floyd. And just four little digits are going to get that done. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. (laughs) That's all it takes. (laughs) You got one for us? Look, if the Bears get another five sacks this game, yep. that means they're on par at the end of the year to have 80 sacks, which means they break my team's season sack record of 72. Do you wow. think you're going to do that? I didn't think. I thought that was like Joe DiMaggio. That, that ain't never going to be touched. Uh huh. But if they keep going, there's a prediction for you. Yep. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Here you go. I got two. The first one, 
I may be out over my skis a little bit, but I say that Kyle Fuller will have an interception today. Bold predictions. You mean they've been working on him catching the ball with his hands in practice? He, he should just stand in front of that jugs machine and catch I mean, the ball. Think about this, Fred. If he catches that ball after, after this game, the Bears are 3-0? and Yep. Oh, my God. I know. What a revelation. Yeah. Instead, they're 1-1 one and, one and going to Arizona. That's all my, right. My other prediction is, and this is on the offensive side. Everyone's screaming about the offense. It's got to do more. Got to go downfield. My prediction isn't necessarily downfield. I'd say that both Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard will have touchdowns today. Wow. Wow. That's bold. Now, maybe Cohen on a pass and Jordan Howard on a short touchdown run, but I think they'll both score today against Arizona. Maybe Howard on a pass and Cohen on a punt return. That could be. That could be. As long as he doesn't catch it inside the five. You know, that's Why? That, it's an epidemic around the NFL. I know. I saw <laughs> inside the five. Inside the five, fair catch of the ball. You know what? Just let the ball bounce. If it bounces and they kill it at the two, what's the big deal? Don't yeah. fair catch it at the five. What are these what are these special teams coaches telling their players? How I'm, stupid can know, they be? If it's Devin Hester, maybe you don't mind. No, I'd still mind. Yeah. I minded what Devin Hester did it too. You put your heels on the ten yard line and you don't you never go back backwards. Up. No. You know, there there you could fake you could fake like you're catching the ball and yeah, it goes run over, over your the head. other way yeah. and the ball's over there. Do something. But they do it all the time. It's so bad. Next hour we will take a look at the NFC North matchups. There's three other matchups besides the Bears. We'll also talk with Josh Weinfuss from ESPN's NFL Nation. He follows the Arizona Cardinals. We'll hear more sound. Mark Helfrich, uh, Akeem Hicks, Alan Robinson. Lots wait, to do. Wait a minute. What? Don't give up my man up. No, I won't. Thank That's you. coming up at 1130. We're here till noon on I ESPN. I know he's a lot like McPhee hit now, but. <laughs> We're here till noon on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's NFL Game Day on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Teams that have won Super Bowls, they've been defensive. Whoa! Helmets out, balls out. Oh, my. Keep your helmet on, kids. NFL Game Day. That's bad defense. That was vicious. They win with defense. This is Chicago's NFL game day on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. Fred Hubner, Steve Mago McMichael here till noon, getting you ready for the Bears and the Arizona Cardinals. 325 start. The Bears looking to improve to 2-1. That's a, that would be huge because they haven't been over 500 in a while. You know, the sound bites we just ran their defense. Yeah. And Trubisky says, well, I, I'm still learning. Why you still need to learn this fact that's been through the whole history of football? If you got a good defense, the last thing you do is take a chance of throwing the interception. Yeah. Throw well, it in the ground. Well, that's what happened last year. The, uh, the offense for the Bears last year was just don't turn the ball over. This year with the weapons, they'd like to actually throw the ball downfield a little bit more, see if that happens. Well, no. Make- no, Fred. No. <laughs> if you've got a good defense, why are you throwing the ball downfield? Because eventually he's got to learn how to throw the ball downfield, don't he? Well, that's when your defense sucks. Okay. All right? Okay. I want to ask you this question because this popped up, one of the stats. The defense has played 
106 out of 123 snaps with the lead. How how much of a difference does that make when you guys when you're leading in a well, game that's when a, you're a defense? Listen, believe me, that's the difference between Fox's offense and Nagy's. You okay. know what Nagy learned? Fox didn't. Can you defensive guy? Yeah. You, if you're when you become you know like Fox, what he, what he want on off? He was a defensive guy, right? But the head coach, what he wants on offense, that's what happens. Well, that's what you get. Yeah. An offensive guy knows a little bit of something before he comes a head coach because he's he's paid attention to history. Sure. All right. Sure. And the things that Nagy's doing right now, he has paid attention to history, so he's closed that door. Remember, I told you the story about George Blanda and Ed Sprinkle. You know, because I always sat around and talked to the old men. I wasn't one of those. They young... were old. They were old when you got oh. when you got here. They were very old. Oh, George Blanda was old. I re- I barely remember seeing him play. Look, they're so old. They played against a million dollar backfield. <laughs> you remember the Forty Nine? Yeah. Ooh, that was back in the fifties. Was Joe Perry on that one? Oh, uh, crazy legs. Yeah. Hurts. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Come on. Well, here's the story. I sat down there and talked to him because, you know, you learn from the old men. I'm not talking about what they did right. That you, right. all right, I'll do that. No, because that's a new world, really. You know, they ran the ball this passing now. Sure, sure. Right? It's different. But the things that the old men did wrong and it, and it screwed them. Yep. Listen to that because close that door so it don't happen to you because it's going to. All right, now this story they told me. Most people will get out, well, you better get your money when you can. That ain't what I got out of it. Uh-huh. And this is how it went. They were, I sat down there, and they told me the story about they were playing the million-dollar backfield in Frisco. Hallis comes in the locker room before the game and says, all right, you, you guys beat these guys. It's a $500 bonus for everybody. That's big money back then. Sure. They might have been making $300 a game. Oh, they beat him. But he don't, the old man don't pay off. Next week, Ooh. next the next week they go down to play the new fran- the new franchise, the Dallas Texans, the worst team in the league, and they get beat. Dallas comes in the locker room after the game. You're all fined five hundred dollars. So he don't got to pay nothing at all. Yeah. But you know the the lesson I got out of this: the door I closed. Don't you ever relax and underestimate a team from week to week. You know, like the. Like the statement, they play to the competition. Right. That's relaxing. Yeah, you can't that, do that. And that's how you get beat. You got to go in every game, the same attitude, grinding your teeth. And that, that's the teams you bury. Yeah. And that's when the the backups get to play in the second half and get some experience. Yeah, that would be nice. It would yeah. be nice to see that. Nagy knows. He said this team is definitely not, not looking past the 0-2 Cardinals. The nice thing with our guys is, uh, I think they, from what I could tell, this whole week of practice was they're really they, they kept the same energy the, all week that they had the previous two weeks in practice. So we need to we need to tran- translate that to to the playing field. Uh, it's too it's way too early in the season right now to worry about somebody's record and how they're playing. We just we can't do that. If we do that, we're in trouble. And I, I feel uh, very good about the mindset of our team and and uh, the focus. Yeah, that would be nice if they yeah. go on out there and play their best game against a team like Arizona, who's struggling. Well, I could see somebody like Mike Ditka, who like live practices, saying that. Yeah, same intensity. They're not even in pads, and he's proud of the same intensity. Oh, they're jumping up and down. I'm sure, Come and they're on. all clapping each other on the back, and you know, patting each other. Well, hey, I'd have them patting each other on the back, trying to get that vomit up the way. I'd run their butt off. <laughs> oh, by oh. the way, by the way, I was right with one of the guys. The million dollar backfield had Y.A. Tittle. Tittle halfbacks were Hugh McElhinney. 
John Henry Johnson and fullback Joe Perry. Yeah. Yeah. So they had their, those, those were the guys. And, uh, yeah, boy, oh, boy. From 54 to 56, uh, they formed well before players earned six-figure salaries. The unit was named uh, as such for their offensive prowess, compiled record offensive stats. Uh, what did you think? And I asked you, I, I, I don't think I asked you this uh, because I wasn't here last week, but what did you think about the way Nagy, the very first snap, he had him run the um, the T formation? Nice little nice little tribute to the Bears in that first game. I'm glad he respects history. He's not a moron. <laughs> don't you think that when they saw that it worked, they should maybe use that more often? Wow. <laughs> I mean, when it's, when it's third and one or third and two? Run the T formation to really confuse the defense. Yeah. Oh, well, you know how it's confusing? Who runs the option in football? You ain't ready for it. Yeah. Why do they think their quarterback's wide open in that Philly special? Because they don't account for him. No. Did you see the one thing? Everybody talked about how Cleveland did, you know, with Baker Mayfield and that. Did you see what they tried to do that they couldn't do? They tried to run the same play the Bears and the Chiefs are run with a little flip, the little shovel yeah, pass thing. to the tight end. Didn't work for Cleveland. Doesn't always work. The quarterback does have options on that play. He can he can pass. He can flip yeah. it early to to the running back, or he can flip it, you know, pause and then flip it to the tight end going by. It worked for the Bears. Didn't work for Cleveland. Well, he wanted a completion. Is what that was. Yeah. Well, you know, and the uh, the Philly special the other way for the two point conversion. I mean, it was. It looked nice for the. It, it, you know, uh, you I know, never thought I'd be watching the Jets and the Browns. I got to tell you that on a Thursday night, I figured well, there'd have to be something better right. to do on a Thursday night. Who knew Baker Mayfield was going to come in there and know what he was doing? Huh? After the way he played, won the Heisman in Oklahoma in the same offense, shotgun, spraying the ball down there. Why does I never saw wide receivers more wide open? Why does everybody think these new kids, quarterbacks coming out of college? Need to sit and learn this pro game. They're running it in college. If you it, right, if you can come and run that same thing, and if you have those kind of weapons, you know, shotgun. Yeah, the, the little shotgun option. Right, throw uh, the, the little run dink pass and, options. The little and all dink that and stuff. dunk. It's what they're running in pro football. For, yeah, they're doing it in college. You know, I can see like when they drafted Harbaugh in Michigan. That was back in the day. He was an option quarterback. Right. All right, he wasn't a seven-step drop guy, and he had to learn that in the pros. These guys are already know that. So why does everybody think, oh, he's got to sit and learn? For the longest time, everybody has been saying that the college game is going to eventually come to the pros. And I just didn't – a lot of people will say that the linebackers and the defenses are too quick. You can't run that college offense in the pros. Now, you can run some of that college passing game, but you can't run a regular college cool. offense because, you know, in college, you're running against some guys that might be accountants. They might be real estate guys. They're not going to be NFL players. In the NFL, these are pros. They're quick. Yeah. They know what they're doing. I'll tell you what, Army kept herself in the game yesterday doing that in the college game. You look it up, I'll, Freddie. I'll take it. For, yeah. you know, look it up. I'll take your word for it. But, you know, the... Those armed forces teams, they run the option, baby, and they, to keep themselves in the game. Sure, they do. They do quite often. Uh, before we get back to more Bears, and we will uh, take a look at the Arizona Cardinals, bottom of the hour, Josh Weinfuss will join us. He will break it down. He is following the Cardinals for ESPN NFL Nation. Let's take a look at the other NFC North games coming up today. The NFC North. Let's start with this one in Washington, D.C. Packers at Redskins. Packers and Redskins, it's been pouring rain. They got a tarp on the field, 
It'll be a muddy game. See what Aaron Rodgers can do. That ain't going to bother the second coming of Jesus you Christ, You don't think it'll bother him? Come on. Now, this is the fourth career head-to-head matchup between Rodgers and Smith. The reason I mention it, they were the first two quarterbacks drafted in 05. Rodgers has a 2-1 and one edge in the series. He's attempted only 11% of his passes out of the pocket this year, which would be the lowest rate ever. Well, he can't run. He can't yeah. move. Yeah, so it's He's got, got a knee brace yeah, on, people. Makes it a little difficult. Uh, Packers have been penalized for roughing the passer in NFL high four times already this season after well, getting it called just once last year. That, I wanted to ask you about this. Clay Matthews hit is the definition of how they want you to hit the quarterback now, yeah. and they penalized him for it. He should have just hit him in the head. Well, what are your, He should have hit him in the head, Fred. One of your favorite guys from the Chicago Bears... Uh, Akeem Hicks had a comment about roughing the oh, quarterback. God. You mean the guy that didn't now, get in there in the second half? Well, I, I don't think I have, We don't have the sound on this, I don't think. No, we don't. Well, we're uh, playing the same music as man up here. Are we already in that segment? <laughs> no, 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 we're not. All right. Um, Akeem Hicks talked about roughing the quarterback. He said, hey, that's like our reward for getting there. Driving the quarterback into the ground as hard as we want. That's that's a, that's a penalty, Akeem. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, that's our reward. I know. I couldn't believe he said that Fred, because that is the should penalty. I, should I use the M word here? Well, you could. Moron. Yeah. Okay. Second year running back for the Packers, Aaron Jones returns from his two game suspension last week. Jones averaged five point five three yards per game, second best among uh, running backs with eighty plus rushes last year. Now for Washington, the rate eight under Jay Gruden. Uh, when they're listed as a home underdog, and they are today. Adrian Peterson, people forgot about him. No, no, no. He can still run the ball. He has scored 14 touchdowns in 17 games against the Packers. And the Redskins, one of three teams without a receiving touchdown for a wide receiver yet this year. Cardinals and Giants are the other two teams. Last year, the Bears only had three touchdowns for wide receivers. Well, Only three. You know when I knew Adrian Peterson was going to be a great running back to the NFL, his freshman year at Oklahoma and he just goes through the University of Texas defense in the Red River shootout. Yep. Like something through a goose. Yeah. That's, but old man River just keeps rolling along. Yep. He can play. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, talked about playing the Redskins number one ranked offense. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to be ranked number one. You know, they got a good defense. They've played defense, I you mean. Know, two good games on defense, uh, forcing turnovers and um, getting after the quarterback, we got a really nice, uh, nice group of players. You know, some guys, with some big names, and some up and comers as well, uh, who are making plays for him. You know, good pass rush, good scheme, uh, very good linebackers, and really good on the back end with some. Uh, you know, obviously, Josh has been around for a long time. He's a fantastic player. Um, you know, Dunbar uh, has improved every single year, and, and you got two solid safeties, a younger guy, and then DJ who's had a great start to the season. Well, one yeah. thing that Washington's got to worry about, too, and they know about it. I mean, you know, you've got Aaron Rodgers, who's not going to be running around much. You know where he's going to be now with that leg. He's going to be in the pocket. And Jay Gruden says the Skins need to focus on getting pressure on him. Well, I think you have to get pressure in different areas, you know, up the middle sometimes and try to make him step up. I think on the edge pressure sometimes where he's a little bit unsure where it's coming. If you just think you're going to rush with a four-man line and, and try to bull rush and He'll pick you apart. I think we're going to have some unique fronts and different blitzes, hopefully, for him, or maybe he has a scene. Uh-oh. You think you should blitz him, too? Uh, you know what? He's usually really good on when people blitz. Look, they know you're blitzing. Yeah. 
Uh, they're going. They they know who to throw the ball to before the ball is snapped. Yeah, and that free blitzer ain't getting there. No, he's usually really good. Uh, yeah. That's why a lot I, of Bears fans were saying, "Why didn't you blitz Rodgers when he was hurt?" You know what? He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league yeah. when, against but the blitz. Here, here's a here. Ten years ago, here would have been a bold prediction. Okay, that one year. Jay Gruden was going to be a better coach than John Gruden. <laughs> well, at, at, at least I don't think Jay would have gotten rid of a guy like Khalil Mack. Well, that's part of what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Whole, and it, for the past two weeks, John Gruden's talking about we got to find a pass rush. Yeah. Or you let it go. You traded it away. Yeah. Ding. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. Another matchup in uh, the NFC North. Bills at Vikings. Oh, Buffalo is 0-2. The Vikings are 1-0-1. So far, two weeks of the NFL, there's been a tie in each week. Uh, the Bills 0-2 with a 55, minus 55-point differential this year. Uh, they're not playing well. How about Vontae Davis? Retired at halftime last wow. week. After he made a play <laughs> and jumped up and was springing around. Yeah. What happened? Two-time pro bowler leaves what at halftime. Happened? Yeah. I don't know. He didn't see his woman sitting up in the stands ready to go find out where she was? That was weird. Uh, LaShawn McCoy averaging just 3.8 yards per rush. That would be a career low for him. Uh, the Vikings, Adam well, Thielen. Play, playing for the Bills right now is a career low. Yeah. Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, they've caught 30 of Kirk Cousins' 55 completions this year. Uh, good reason. They, they're two very, very good receivers. Dalvin Cook is out. He is not going to be playing for the Vikings today. Uh, the running back is down. Uh, he's, he has only 78 rushing yards this year, large part uh, due to uh, 1.12 yards before contact. He's a guy that breaks a lot of tackles. He has done it even in the games this year. And uh, Kirk Cousins talks about the challenges of facing. This should be interesting. Challenges of facing this Buffalo defense? Yeah, I, I see a very talented defense. Um, uh, I believe the results in the first two weeks were, were more predicated on them starting with lousy field position that had nothing to do with their defense than, it, than the actual um, you know, outcome had to do with their defensive um, front holding up. I think they have a very good front. I think they showed that last year, having been a playoff team, taking the Jaguars all the way to the final play um, in the playoffs. So we have great respect for them, and uh, we know we're going to have to be at our absolute best to have a chance because uh, – it is a really good front, and they're a very attacking and aggressive defense. You know, I can't believe that flake didn't bring up. Well, it's like taking precious away from Gollum. <laughs> he, God, you, had, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Cousins uh, going against uh, Buffalo today. The Vikings, by the way, their defense—they've allowed just two touchdowns on nine red zone drives this year. Uh, 22.2 red zone efficiency, second best in the NFL. That's not surprising because the Vikings Maybe, defense can play. Let me tell you what, they got a good defense, baby. Yeah. You know, anybody in fantasy taking them yeah. did the right thing. I grabbed uh, Harrison Smith, one of their uh, oh, safety. Yeah. He can that's play. One, that's the biggest reason yeah. they're good. He is really good in the back end. And one other game with the NFC North involved today, and that's later on this evening, Sunday Night Football. <laughs> Patriots at Lions. Ah, the Pates, uh, the Patriots. Uh, Tom Brady. He made his NFL debut on Thanksgiving against the Lions in Detroit. So he gets to go back to That's where back. he first started well, it all. It's full circle now because yeah. he's playing for them. You know, and when the go to the team, you know, the greatest of all time, the teammates think you are. That's motivation to play with him. Yeah, sure and it is. 
He's telling them OTAs don't mean nothing to me no more and sloughing. What do you think the rest of the guys are going to do? So this is the biggest chance Stafford and Detroit got to win a game right now against them at home. It is, and Brady talked about his new wide receiver and tried to fit Josh Gordon into the system. Yeah, I mean, I try to get along with everybody. So even if you're next to me or you're across or down or, you know, defense or um, I think it's just important to try to get to know everybody in whatever way you possibly can. Um, So we're all here to do the same thing. And um, So, yeah, whether right next to you or across or on your side of the ball, this side of the ball, I think just having a relationship with those guys is important for all of us. We're just trying to get on the same page. They're in there. I mean, it's up to the coaches to decide those things. And uh, I I don't think anyone's going to put anyone out there if they don't know what what they're doing. Wow. They don't know what to do on a play. Now, you could limit a number of plays and – Try to try to do that. And I think we've done that plenty of times. That's anytime you get new players, that's what you try to do. We're working at it. I mean, look, he's been here for a few days, so we're working at it every day, and every day you try to make improvements. I mean, we're out there. Everyone is out there is working hard, trying to practice, doing whatever they need to do to, you know, understand the playbook, to understand routes, um, understand how we do things. So we're just trying to work at it. What a waste of time having Tom Brady in a, in a press conference. He said yeah. nothing. Yeah, Belichick. <laughs> Yeah, basically he learned from Belichick. Well, you know what he was saying? Josh Gordon ain't got it yet. Well, what yeah. he, basically what he said. I'll be interested to you see. You know he's saying? If a guy don't, he's saying Josh ain't got it yet. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if he actually throws him the ball. Even well, if Josh did have it yet, Brady's not going to let us know. So it would have sounded the same whether Josh Gordon's ready to, yeah. to get 150 yeah. yards this week or not get a single snap this yeah. week. But you, you know the underlining meaning of this? The Patriots' offense and those little short routes they run, they come up to the line of scrimmage, and the coverage they see is a different route. Now, Brady can't relate that to them right before the ball right. is snapped. They have to know that. Yeah. You understand? And now we wait and see what you know, Josh can, Yeah, I don't care what play or, and, you know, X, cross, Y, zoom. If that di- coverage is different, they got a different pattern in that. Yeah. Brady expects, you know, that offense expects him to know that. And if they don't, ooh, Brady's going to get killed. Well, you saw him last week yeah. getting mad on the sidelines, telling people yeah. to do their job. Yeah. Do you understand Br- Brady's malaise in this? The bottom line is his his own self-preservation. Yeah. Because if them guys don't run the pattern, what happens to him? He's got to hold the ball and he gets sacked. Kaboom. Yeah. yeah, he gets nailed. Yeah. Bill Belichick, by the way, 11-8 and eight when facing a former assistant coach. So he goes against Matt Patricia today. Cool. The Detroit Lions, Matthew Stafford has attempted 99 passes this year. His most ever through yeah. two games. Uh, he has lost his last five starts at home in prime time. That's yeah. not good. Prime time football and the Lions don't get together. I don't know what's because he's got like thirty comebacks in his career. Yeah, I, he don't look the same right no, now. He really doesn't. Uh, the Lions have gone seventy straight games without a one hundred yard rusher, and they've allowed an NFL worst three hundred and fifty nine rushing yards through the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. Well, I've told you. That exponential, all the quarterback throws for over 4,000 yards, yeah, yeah. and he threw the ball this many times and had this many completions, that means he ain't got a running game. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't have a running game, and they brought brought a guy in, and uh, they still haven't been able to figure it out. Let's quickly go to uh, Howard and Skokie. Howard, what's going on? Good morning, gentlemen. Nor do the Lions have a defense. So, I mean, it, Stafford, it may be on his last legs. Yeah, he might uh, be. I want to talk about the now, isn't that the why they signed up, Patricia? Because he's supposed to be a defensive guru. Yeah. He, 
because they're the lions. <laughs> <laughs> if you can remember the last time the lions were a serious contender, it was before you and I were born. Yeah. Bobby okay. Lane. Going, Bobby Lane. 53. Okay. The, the Bears are all hyped about a quarterback who, the best way to put it, their team has the 15th best quarterback in the conference. There's no one except the Giants that you would say, oh, man, I like the Bears situation better than the Giants. The kid played 13 games in college. Why does anyone think he's going to be that good? He looks to me like a deer in headlights. They should have, he should have lost last week. That should have been a pick six. He's nowhere near being ready. And they said they didn't give him the weapons. Well, now he's got the quarterbacks. He's got the wide receivers. He's got the running back. He's got the tight end. And he can't figure it out. And they're lucky they played a bad team. Because if they play a good team, they're 0-2. Well, and Howard, that's that's why they have to give him a chance to play. Because he is learning this on the, on the run. And I understand that he's not one of the top quarterbacks in the conference right now. Yeah, in the conference. Yeah. Number 15. Yeah. I think the league, the league's 32 teams. The conference. Yeah. But let me give you guys, Howard and you, and you, Fred, a similarity here. And I played with this quarterback in my past. And he, free agent, and he made the team, and McMahon would be hurt, and he started a few games. We actually beat the Hogs up at RFK in the regular season with him. The heart attack game, Medicus, was named Mike Tomzak. Yeah. That's who this kid reminds me of. Yep. You know, he, he's good enough to win regular season, but when you play the good teams, look out. Well, and we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully he does develop into that kind of quarterback. Again, he's he's your guy. Quarterbacks oh, don't... Oh, they're going to die or live with him, baby. Right. You quarterbacks don't come into the NFL ready to throw the ball. Deshaun Watson's struggling, okay? Deshaun Watson's not playing. Jimmy Garoppolo, after sitting behind... Tom Brady has not come out and lit the world on fire in the first two games this year. Now, he won last year. He's not winning this year yet, so we'll wait and see how things go. It takes a while to be a great quarterback in the NFL, and, you know, you got to give Mitchell Trubisky time. Garoppolo won the last five games he started for Frisco. Right. Well, now there's game film on him now. Yeah, there is. You understand? Uh Uh-huh. You go back and watch him five games. Oh, that's what he's doing. Yeah. I've watched the last two this year. Well, there's pressure all over the place. What he did good last year, you better believe they're covering up this year. Yeah. And also, it hasn't helped. uh, One of his top receivers, Marquise Goodwin, hasn't played in the first two games. He may play today. But they play the Chiefs. So their defense is going to have to try and uh, slow some people down. That's going to be tough. You know who? Every pro football defense... Since 1920, who's ace thank George Hallis for bringing game film into the league. Yeah. He was the one that first got film of the other team and during the week, watch them and see what happens. Now they just send everything to their iPad and it's all, it's all yeah, taken. Yeah, they're on the sideline. I don't yeah. know what they're watching on the sideline. <laughs> well, you wonder sometimes when yeah. you see what they do when they, uh, they go out on yeah. the field. Josh Weinfuss from uh, ESPN NFL Nation. He follows Arizona. He'll join us. We come back. It's Mongo and Fred right here on ESPN. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. Getting you ready for the Bears and the Cardinals at 325 start. Out in the desert, Steve Michael McMichael, me, I'm Fred Hubner. 
to find out a little bit more about the uh, Arizona Cardinals and what's going on with them. We go on out to the desert and Josh Weinfuss from ESPN NFL Nation. Josh, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, no. Thanks for jumping on in for a few minutes. Um, six points. Obviously, the uh, the offense had hoped to score a few more points. How are things going uh, internally with the team and what they're trying to figure out and how they've only been able to score six points in these first two games? I mean, it's no secret this offense is, is a mess. I mean, no one expects... expects externally is definitely not what's happening internally you know Larry Fitzgerald was asked this week about how this team's you know how is it being so resilient on the outside and he was like well then that might not be the case inside so I think that was pretty telling because he's usually the one that kind of keeps that company line you know shows that protective wall all the time so um, you know, this team has a lot to figure out, and I think this could be a make-or-break game. If the offense continues to struggle, I think you know, the Bears might be the first team in the NFL to see Josh Rosen. Dude, that's what I was fixing to say, baby. Do, do you think these fans are wishing the Bears come in there and crush Bradford so they'll finally get Rosen in there? Is this the game? I think so. I think so. I mean, obviously, I think the fans want to see a win. So if Bradford comes out and puts up 350 and three touchdowns and they win, they'll be totally happy. But at the same time, if this offense struggles again in the first half, I think that they're going to be chomping at the bit to get Bradford or to get Rosen in the game. But now here's here, here's the thing. If, if the offense continues to struggle and the defense can't get off the field, I don't think Josh Rosen is going to do anything for this team. I don't think it matters who you put back there. There are some serious issues. The defense cannot get off the field. They cannot stop third down. The offense is the worst time of possession. David Johnson is not, you know, he's not giving the he's not being given the opportunities to run the ball like he should. And I think the one thing that I've been hearing hearing in the locker room a lot this week is that players want to see David Johnson run the ball to keep that clock moving, and that's just not happening. So this team's been getting down so quickly, so early that they have to throw the ball, and then all of a sudden, kind of everything just goes into a state of disarray. I don't think I don't think it matters who's that quarterback once that happens. Well, look, I've seen this. I've watched David Johnson run the ball when they, the few times they give it to. He don't look the same after this injury he come back from to me. What, what's the attitude about that out there? Is, is he back and healthy or is he still working through something? He's back and healthy. I mean, in my opinion, I think he was back and healthy at some point last season. They just didn't want to play him. But I think as a, it's, it's partially, I think the offensive line isn't giving him the type of hold he needs. And I don't think he's being used as as a receiver in the same way under Mike McCoy's offense that he was in Bruce Arians' offense. If you notice, he's being used out of the backfield more as a receiver now than he was last uh, the last three four years, where he would wind up he would split out wide as, yeah, as yeah. an actual receiver because you know he was a receiver in high school and started as a receiver in college, so he has. He has a pretty large route tree. He can run the routes of a receiver, and he's he's being used more of a running back receiver now, if that makes sense. So I think he's just being used a little bit differently. But when he runs the ball, he still you know he still shows that power and that quickness and that speed. It just I think a lot of people want it to happen a little bit more. The one thing, Josh, that uh, this Bears team can do defensively is get after the quarterback. They've got 10 sacks in the first two games, and uh, you guys are down a tackle. Uh, how are they going to be able to protect the Sam Bradford going into the game today against the Bears defense? 
they're going to have to keep a lot of guys home. You know, I think they're going to use more tight ends. They're going to have um, an extra uh, offensive lineman as a tight end. I think they're going to have to they're going to have to give the, the, the tackle, especially John Wessel, who's in, who's replacing uh, injured starting right tackle Andre Smith, a lot of help because. If they don't, it might not matter how bad Sam Bradford plays. He just might not make it through the first half <laughs> physically, especially against a guy like Khalil Mack, you know. So I think they're going to have to stay home. They're going to have to give a lot of help. And I think that'll change again. It'll change how the offense plays, and that could be a well. Every now, every the now and then, the circumstance happens that you get what you want, even the head, even when the head coach ain't about it, because you just said he's throwing the ball all around and not running it enough. Uh, you know how to eliminate the Bears' pass rush? Run the ball with Johnson, and yeah. then and then exactly. what you're saying, exactly. you, everybody, you and everybody else in, in Arizona gets what they want. When your, your head coach isn't that smart, you you guys know what to do. Why ain't he doing it? Well, it, it, I think part of it is because you know in the last two games, the first quarter has been fine, but in the second quarter they've allowed. I want to say it's 38 points the last uh, two second quarters. Well, once you're down 21 nothing or 19 nothing at halftime, you have to throw the ball to, to start catching up. You can't allow the clock to run. And I think that's what, what's gotten this offense into trouble is that the defense can't get off the field. So the offense is, it has their back up against the wall, and they just start to tuck the ball. And when that doesn't happen, you go three and out, and it's just one oh. continuous cycle. It starts to snowball, and then you're... Yeah. You're in the situation the Cardinals are in. Here's what I've always thought about that. Why can't you still run the ball? Because if you throw it around and stop in the clock for the other team's offense, they're going to score more. <laughs> He's going to blow yeah, you out like more. Keep running the ball. <laughs> I don't care if you're down 21 to nothing. Because yeah, so if you're throwing teams, it around, yeah. you're just opening up for more scoring by the other team. Yeah, so no many. doubt, no doubt, and, and for some reason, this is how Mike McCoy runs this offense. As soon as they got down seven nothing in the second quarter to Washington in Week One, the, the, it seemed like the running game just went out the window, and he just started oh, no, passing no. the ball, calling some more passes. Yeah, yeah. So, so many teams in the NFL do that. I've been I've been harping on that. Even when you're down fourteen nothing, if you run the ball and you actually get a drive going and you score, you're only down seven points. I don't know why everybody feels you have to throw the ball so much. Josh Weinfuss from uh, ESPN NFL Nation joining us. He follows the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, one thing the Cardinals do have going for him, and they get a guy back today, uh, Marcus Golden. From what I read, uh, he's coming from one side, Chandler the other, uh, Chandler Jones going up against uh, Charles Leno and Bobby. Mann. They've got to be excited to get their their pass rush guys back, aren't they? Uh, very much so, and you know I think this team is very familiar with Bobby Massey, so I think they're extra excited to to have a good pass rusher against <laughs> him this week. But um, uh, yeah, I mean I, this whole whole defense I think is predicated off that pass rush. You know they switched to a four three this this year, so if you can get those two guys going and start to to, to, to push those tackles back, make the quarterback step up and rush a little bit. They have a very good secondary. They have a great cornerback in Patrick Peterson who can make things happen. And the corners are playing a little bit differently than they have in the past. So once you can kind of get those pass rushers up the field and start forcing uh, Trubisky to step up a little bit and, 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 and rush his passes, I think the Cardinals could be in, 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 um, in for some big plays this week. 
Yeah, see, that, that's part of the thing that I think the Bears fans are looking at. They see that the Cardinals can't score offensively. But you mentioned uh, you kind of chuckled a little bit about your familiarity with uh, Bobby Massey. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I forgot until I asked the question and you started laughing that Massey actually came from Arizona. And uh, they, so they know what they have there, don't they? <laughs> they know very well what they have here. So, you know, Obviously, it's a new regime. There's not a lot of players who played with him right. on the roster. But those guys who, who were here, I think, you know, I mean, there was, he had such an up-and-down career here that when he was let go, there was a lot of mixed feelings because some people felt he was still young. He's, he's athletic. There's no doubt about it. But at the same time, he didn't play very well while he was here. So I think there, there were some mixed feelings when, when he was let go and, and the Bears signed him. But... The Cardinals definitely know what they're getting in Bobby Matthews. Well, we, I knew exactly what you meant when you said, well, uh, he's a great athlete, but he didn't play well. Can, we, can I say it again? Moron. Yeah. Ding. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you say that. I'll let you say that. I just love you chuckling right now. That's great. One more thing. Uh, Taylor Gabriel is a guy that, uh, you know, Mitchell Trubisky missed wide open. I'm sure they're going to try and go back to him. Gabriel's a guy that's been catching the ball and also running the ball for the Bears. He's going up against a, a player for Arizona that I see here. If I'm not mistaken, he has been called for not one but four defensive holding penalties. Is that true of Jamar Taylor? <laughs> that that is true. That is true. And he's um he struggled a little bit. You know, he he's allowed quite a few passes uh, to be thrown his way. But it, it's interesting because in, and this happened last year, happened the year before. It's going to happen this year. Quarterbacks don't want to throw to Patrick Peterson for obvious reasons. Right. right? He's an All Pro, Pro Pro Bowl cornerback. So whoever's on the opposite side of Patrick is going to get a ton of looks this year. And Jamar Taylor's already being picked on. And. Uh, I think that you, offenses are seeing that you can complete passes to him. And I think the more action he gets, the more we're going to see some of these penalties. So I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago just throws his way and stays away from Patrick Peterson again. One last question. Uh, you mentioned Patrick Peterson. Everybody around football knows him. Is he, is he still returning kicks or punts, I mean? He, not on a regular basis. He'll okay. do it in, I guess, you know, extreme situations, but um, they now have the, the, the rookie Christian Kirk out of Texas A&M. He's, he's, he's one kick, he's a punt returner, and then T.J. Logan, uh, backup running back, is their kick returner. Okay, oh. let, me, let me ask so, you a question. So what he meant was to actually have to be in the game if you're going to see him return a punt. Are they not having him return kicks because they found someone better or because they're trying to protect him? I think mostly because they're, they're trying to protect them. But, you know, if they feel like they need a big return, especially right. last year. Now, this hasn't happened yet this year, obviously. But last year, if they, needed, if they felt they needed a big return, they'd send him out there. Or he would ask to go out there. And, um, you know, he hasn't had the type of success returning kicks or punts since he, had, um, since he was a rookie in 2011. Right. But he, he, he has that speed and that quickness where there's always that threat. So I think that, that's a factor in this also. But it's mostly to protect him because they don't want to waste him as a – as a returner when he's such a good cornerback. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. There's a lot of coaches around that. And, and we saw a lot of it in preseason uh, football, which nobody wanted to play anybody because they wanted to protect them. It is a sport where guys get hurt, uh, you know. It happened to me in the 86 <laughs> playoffs against the Skins. Daryl Green uh-huh. he didn't return punts, but they're down in the fourth quarter. He returns a punt for a touchdown and beats us. Yeah. And that's what I said. Seven points or less in the fourth quarter, Peterson will be returning a punt. Yeah. Yeah. To, to get a yeah, victory, they absolutely. probably would. Yeah. yeah. Josh, we appreciate you jumping out for a few minutes. Thanks a lot. Anytime, guys.
Josh Weinfuss from the uh, ESPN NFL Nation as uh, he breaks down the Arizona Cardinals. We come well, back. What a great name for a reporter. Weinfuss? Weinfuss. <laughs> I, I was That's worried. two syllables about the same thing right there, brother. I was worried, and I almost did. I, no. I almost there used to be a guy on the uh, Detroit Tigers named John Walkenfuss, and I was wor- I was worried. I well, didn't want I didn't want to call know, him like that kid out of Notre Dame, Stonebreaker, great football name. Yep. But wine and fuss is a great name for a reporter. Bro. Yeah, very very good. Oh, yeah. We come back. Yurko's keys to a Bears victory, and also the key inactives and actives from around the NFL. Week three of the NFL getting underway. Top of the hour. At 12 noon, and we're here until uh, 12 o'clock. We've got Patrick Finley next half hour. Also, Mongo's Man Ups at 11.30. We've been dropping hints all day. We'll see who he's got you at 11.30. Sluffer, you. Right here at ESPN. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. That's why there ain't been no signs of Bigfoot. They're all shaved and playing in the NFL. They have assimilated their sound. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what the Bears are always looking for, those shaved Sasquatches. Um, each and every week on Friday during the Carmen and Yurko show, John Yurkovich, who played in the National Football League, he does his keys to a Bears victory. We try to play him on Sundays right here on ESPN 1000. What are the Bears' keys to victory in week three against the Cardinals in AZ? All right, Carm, here are the keys to a Bears victory this week All against right. the Arizona Cardinals. Key number one. <laughs> I think we need to see better second halves out of the Chicago Bears. Agree. Okay, playing to, playing simply thirty minutes of football doesn't quite do it for me. You've got to be able to finish a ball game, and they haven't been able to really establish themselves as a dominant force in the second half the way they've been able to do it in the first half. I'd like to see a complete game with some better second halves. Key number two. <laughs> How about a little more verticality in this offense? I like it. I mean, 4.9 per attempt is not something you want to achieve to. You're not going to get the 13-4 that you got with Ryan Fitzpatrick per attempt, but there's a happy medium I'd like to see between 7.5 and 8.0 in yards per attempt. It allows for your plays to, I think, be more efficiently run. It also expands the uh, defense just a little bit, maybe creates a little bit of uh, a few more windows for you. And Trubisky's got the second lowest yards per attempt to average through two weeks in the NFL. The only quarterback with a worse yards per attempt average right now, Sam Bradford, which is like embarrassingly bad, below four, if you can believe it. Can you ever hear such a thing? I have never heard that. 3.98 yards per attempt. No. Key number three. I'd like to see the quarterback keep his eyes downfield, even when a little bit under duress. If you got to lower him, get him back up and get back downfield so you can make yourself an offensive play. And those are the keys to a Bears victory in Arizona. And you said Bears, did you say 27? 17 to 6. Oh, I'm six. sorry, 17 to 6. I'm going to I don't trust 14. this offense to score more than 17 points if they don't have a defensive touchdown. Okay. Two defensive touchdowns. Yes. Right? In the first two weeks. Correct. Of what, five total touchdowns? Uh, it sounds about right. Yeah, five total touchdowns, two of them been defensive touchdowns. So a little bit scary there, Carm. You know, it's that's forty percent. That's forty percent of your touchdowns are are directly from your defense. Yeah, interceptions returned for touchdowns. So until this offense proves to me they can be a little bit more dynamic, besides just the first series of the yeah, game, right? Exactly. Then you know I can't pick this team to win by a whole lot. Seventeen to six. I think the defense has the ability to hold Arizona to six, if not shut them out. 
I'd like to go to Arizona and put up a big donut. Yeah, but they scored six points in two weeks. You think at some point they're going to figure it out a little bit offensively. Not right? against this Bears defense. Wow. I don't know if you've been watching. I have. Bears defense okay. is pretty good into the second half when they go no huddle and all of a sudden they can't keep up. Those are Yurko's keys to the game. Go Bears! Ah, we'll play those each and every week. He doesn't expect the Bears to score a lot of points. I've got the uh, actives and inactives, uh, some of the key ones. Some of the inactives, Leonard Fournette. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, Alshon Jeffrey, big surprise. And Darren Sproles, guys that are playing. Marquise Goodwin for our San Francisco, Corey Clement for Philadelphia. Marcus Mariota is listed, but from what I understand, Blaine Gabbard's still going to start. Aaron Rodgers is going to play. TJ Yeldon is in. Uh, they need someone because Leonard Fournette's out. So. so you think the Bears offense can score more than 17? Well, I want everybody to realize that the good kid with all his points, in my mind, is the opposite of a moron. You know, when he came into the league, a nose garden, usually those guys are already punch drunk. Yeah. The kid knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. That's why we play him. The Yurko's keys to a Bears victory each and every week right here. We come back. Patrick Finley from the Sun-Times joins us, gives us the latest in his thoughts on what's going to happen today in Arizona right here on ESPN 1000. The Sun Bears looking to make it. Two wins in a row. Arizona trying to score another point. They've got six. But this one I want to talk about, Madden talking about all the quarterbacks' inflection. No, it's when he's moving, when he's doing that inflection that gets you off sides. You know, yeah. it's not the hut, hut, or the different cadence. It's the their body movement, hut, when they drop yeah, down I, like they're going to take a snap. they're supposed to do that. Oh, that's no, supposed to do that. Mitchell Trubisky actually drew somebody yeah. offside Let about me a week tell or you so what, ago. Uh, it didn't keep the cops from tasing Rodney King when he kept moving in that inflection, did it? When they tell you to freeze, freeze. Don't keep moving. You've got to freeze. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see if there's if there's any more drawn offside today as the Bears get ready to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Our guy Patrick Finley from the Sun-Times, nice enough to jump on and uh, join us. And Patrick, it, it's almost like here in Chicago, it doesn't even matter if the Bears win. If Mitchell Trubisky doesn't do well, <laughs> there's going to be people complaining tomorrow morning. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we've got we've gone from, uh, for the previous five years, uh, fans are desperate to win by any means necessary, and then it happens last week, and all they can do is criticize the quarterback. Uh, I would take the win and be happy if I were a Bears fan, because uh, they've gotten this defense good enough that even if Mitch isn't good, they can still win games, and uh, that is a luxury that most teams don't have. Well, and the one thing I've been trying to say to people or trying to explain to people who complain and say Mitch isn't the guy and they should have got somebody else, Mitch is our guy. Ryan Pace made the decision. He moved up, and Mitch isn't going anywhere. So you've either got to, you know, wait and hope he develops or, you know, look at another sport because you have no choice. They're sticking with Mitchell Trubisky for quite a while, aren't they? Yeah, and I mean, it's going to be multiple years before – uh, you know, let's put it this way. If they decide that he's not their quarterback, that decision won't be made for at least another two years. So, uh, so, uh, if you have a Mitch Trubisky jersey, I, I don't think you should go giving it away anytime soon because he's going to be their guy. And, you know, he hasn't shown the flashes that Deshaun Watson has shown or that Pat Mahomes has shown or even that Baker Mayfield showed the other night. And, and I think that that's what Bears fans want to see. Yeah. They just want something to dream on. They don't need him to be the world's greatest quarterback. 
but I think they want a flash or two. Uh, and that's something I wrote about in the paper today. You know, he's one of the league's worst deep ball throwers through only two games here. And, you know, if he could get a splash play uh, or two that shows up on all the highlights, it, it, I think that would, do a, uh, that would do a lot for his reputation uh, for Bears fans. It, it'd get them excited. Well, maybe uh, tell them to hold on to their jersey. You know, there was a guy named Jay Cutler here who was their guy. They didn't keep him from burning his jersey outside the stadium, did it? <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, that's people kind of want to make the Jay comparison, and 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 the only comparison I can make is this: is you know, you know, Jay was a pretty decent quarterback when he had a really good defense, and uh, I think Mr. Trubisky can be a decent quarterback when he's got a really good defense, and uh, the only difference is that I think it's realistic to to expect Mitch to get better every week. And, uh, you know, with Jay, when he got here, he was more or less a finished product. You know, you, you break it down really well today in the paper in the Sun-Times. You have going the distance, and you have a breakdown of uh, Trubisky's stats uh, behind the line of scrimmage throws. Unfortunately for me, there's too many of them, 21. Uh, the pass is thrown 1 to 10 yards, 11 to 20, 21 to 30 yards, and 31 to 40 yards. Now, he hasn't been going deep, but another thing that's bothered me a little bit is, and I... I kind of figured that Tariq Cohen was exactly the guy that they would work into this offense. Well, through two games, Cohen's got five or nine receptions and four uh, carries. That's that's not what we were expecting from Tariq Cohen, is it? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, they have a couple other gadget players. But, you know, you look at, like, Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel's playing, like, 85 90% of their snaps with... Yeah. It's blown me away. I thought that he would be uh, uh, used a little more judiciously. I d- they want to get Cohen the ball more. Uh, you know, one of the things that they've been saying since the preseason is just him being on the field helps them. You know, whether he gets the ball or not, he's one of the guys you have to account for if you're the defense. Uh, but I-, I would look for that uh, to change. I would look for him to get the ball more, and I'd look for Jordan uh, to get the ball more uh, too. You know, the Bears can't have third and two and ignore Jordan Howard the way they did in Week One, uh, and-, and I think they know that. You know, you're talking about deep passes and that sort of thing. Uh, Matt Nagy made Alex Smith the best deep passer in the NFL last year, statistically. And, uh, you know, the deep ball is really important to making his scheme work just because the threat of it opens up the run game. It opens up some of the underneath stuff that they like to do. So uh, the Bears really need Mitch uh, to at least get one or two uh, shot plays uh, here in the next couple hours. Well, I tell you what, the next time it's the end of the game and they have third and one, he better run the ball because that defense will be ready for that quarterback head coach to throw it. That's how you <laughs> pigeonhole yourself yeah. on a defense. And so, you know, he's not good at the deep ball right now. Should they quit running those patterns? No, because that opens, no. that's the, taking the top off that defense. So now you got somebody to throw to underneath. But if you, if you stop throwing that because he can't do it, what do you, th- how many guys do you think is going to be in the box? Ten. Yeah, that, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's one of the things that Nagy has talked about before, which is he's not saying you need to throw a complete pass every time you take a shot 30 yards downfield, but you need to keep the defense honest. And the only way to do that is to actually complete one or two of them. Uh, uh, because if the Bears don't hear, I think defenses will start daring them uh, to beat them deep. And, it, and I'm not sure we're at that point yet. You know, it's only been two games. But, uh, you know, that might be the book on Mitch Trubisky by midseason unless he uh, well, starts to turn it around a little bit here. Listen, I'm not punch drunk enough not to remember Willie Galt's value on my just, team. I was just going to say that. You know, he, he I think he caught 44 balls that year, but streaking him down the field, 
that had to cover it. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, and, and I don't pretend that Taylor Gabriel is an Olympic sprinter, but, you know, that's what he brings to the table. That's what Tariq Cohen brings to the table. Uh, you know, Mark Helfrich said, I think last week, that, you know, just – you know, you know, when you line up opposite either of those guys, if you're a corner, the first thing you think is, is oh, my God, this guy might beat me deep. And uh, there's value there, but uh, but you need to complete a couple of them, too. Yeah, that would be nice. Patrick Finley for the Sun-Times joining us for a few minutes here as the Bears get ready to take on the Arizona Cardinals out in the desert at 325 a kick. Now, Charles Leno and Bobby Massey against Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden. Now, we have, we're talking with a guy from... Uh, ESPN NFL Nation who follows Arizona. And when I mentioned Bobby Massey, uh, he chuckled a little bit because they knew what they had in Arizona with Bobby Massey. Has he matured? Has he improved his time with the Chicago Bears at that right tackle position? I think he has a little bit. And I, I don't, you know, I think he's in many ways the same, uh, often, or, you know, the same right tackle that he was when the Bears signed him, which is a really good run blocker and a pretty okay pass blocker. And, and, and they're trying to make his game more well-rounded. Uh, I, I think the Bears have gotten their money's worth from him. Uh, you know, he's been solid. You know, he had a bad maybe first half of his first year here, and, and, and ever since then, I think he's been okay, and he's been available. Uh, you know, which, when you look up and down that line, you know, the ability to, to play 16 games is something that shouldn't be discounted. Uh, you know, you just isolated that one matchup, you know, the Bears' two tackles against the two edge right. rushers. Uh, that, might be, that might be the only one I see that the Cardinals uh, have an edge uh, in. Uh, you know, they're pretty beat up across their, uh, across their offensive line. Uh, you know, the, the fact that Khalil Mack is going to line up against their second-string white tackle, I think is something that Bears wow. fans uh, should be pretty excited about. Um, but, yeah, you know, we might see a lot of sacks uh, today on both sides. Well, I'm not going to call it bold prediction because, you know, what that the bottom line to that means what you think is going to happen. All right? <laughs> how many times is, is Howard going to carry the ball today? How, how many times should he? I, I think if, if this goes the way I think it's going to go, which is that – the Bears might have a pretty uh, sizable lead, you know, toward the end of the third quarter, early fourth. I don't know. I'd set the over/under maybe twenty-two, something like that. And uh, it, let's put it this way: if he carries the ball twenty-two, twenty-five times, something like that, uh, I guarantee you the Bears are winning the, the football game. Uh, not only because of his efficiency in carrying it, but also because of what that means uh, for the Bears' uh, scenarios, which, which is that you know they're going to have to run the clock. You know, one of the things you look at, you know, in that Packer game was they were never really in a position that where they were just trying to run the clock out, uh, where they could just turn it and, and hand the ball off and, and uh, hope to get a couple of first downs. Uh, they were the other night, uh, but Jordan just couldn't get going. See, uh, yeah, I'd said it probably. Yeah, I said it probably twenty two, twenty three carries. See, right there is why everybody should be reading your articles in the Sun Times because you just showed everybody you know what you're talking about. Thank you. <laughs> Right. You know, you look at it, and I'm looking at the number of runs, and Howard only has 29 so far. Um, Trubisky has 12. Uh, he's their second leading running back, and 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 Howard has 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 shown that he can catch the ball too. And what he's done running the ball, I mean, the Bears haven't opened huge holes for him. He's been showing how he can actually, you know, see there's no hole, reverse field, do things like that. You would think. Uh, you know, it, it's almost weird. Bears fans want to see this improved, exciting, high, you know, highfalutin offense. Passing. But then, right. But yeah. then you've got Jordan Howard back there. It's kind of like it's, it's a weird thing. You, you've got a guy that's consistent. He's been, he's been doing it since he came out of college. Um, but it's like the Bears are hesitant to go to him because they've all these tricks in their bag. They want to make sure they throw some of them out each game. <laughs> 
And, you know, and I think Jordan can be Mitch's best friend. Is that uh, you know when we talk about Mitch growing into his role as as a leader, growing just having comfort in the offense, having comfort in the huddle, knowing the plays, all that sort of stuff. Man, it doesn't get too much easier than handing the ball off to your running back and letting him go for six yards. And uh, it, you know if they can both get going together, you know I, I don't. I, I think that Jordan. Jordan can be a really good thing for him, uh, not you know, not just oh, we're going to run. That means that Mitch isn't uh, getting a chance to get better by throwing the ball down the field. When you say could be his best friend, you know, I always tell people if you want to succeed in this league, you look back into history and and do the plays that worked back then because they'll still work now, baby. It's eleven on eleven, <laughs> and you know, back when I played, there was a guy named Roger Craig who was Joe Montana's best yep. friend. Ran for a thousand and caught for a thousand. That's why that West Coast West Coast offense went. That primary's not open. You dump it to Roger Craig in the flat. Now, if they want to throw the ball short, isn't that the the mindset they should have? Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons that Jordan Howard spent. Uh, this whole off season, uh, working on on his pass catching is, is because he knows you can that, tell too. You know, for the, yeah, yeah, and, and from you know, you know, you know, what Nagy's running is this spread with West Coast elements, and and, and he knew that he's not going to fit in uh, unless he's able to catch the ball reliably. And uh, thus far through two games, it, it looks like he can. Uh, you know, I, I'm not ready to declare a verdict on this one way or the other, but uh, to me, he looks uh, very much improved and. Uh, you know, the Bears keep saying he can be a three-down back, and, and I think Matt Nagy's actions, at least through the first two weeks, show that he actually believes that. Well, all these passes he was catching in the offseason to get better than that, we know the cornerback Fuller wasn't standing there with him. God <laughs> <laughs> oh, almighty. Yeah. No, because Prince of Mugamara was Come pushing on. him aside. He yeah, was, maybe he was, the, he maybe the Prince was there with Howard yeah. in practice, but Fuller was <laughs> off in Hawaii, I guess. I don't know. Hey, Patrick, you know, a, a lot of times quarterbacks' best friend will be the tight end. And, I mean, in Kansas City, uh, Alex Smith's best friend. Look, you know, Travis Kelsey seemed to be a guy that anytime Alex Smith needed somebody, he would throw to him. Well, the Bears bring in Trey Burton, and I kind of thought that Trey Burton would be the guy that Mitchell Trubisky would find to be, you know, when he's in trouble, he finds Burton. But through two games, it's strange, but it seems like when he's in trouble, he finds Allen Robinson. Or are those just the plays that are called for him and Robinson keeps getting open? And I think I told you you this a couple of weeks ago. I thought that the Trey Burton could challenge Martellus Bennett for their receptions record and yards record for a tight end. I, yeah. I thought that he would be uh, maybe his number one option, and that hasn't necessarily proven true yet. You know, Robinson had ten catches the other day, and I asked Nagy whether you know that's what you know that's what this offense should look like, and he said, "Yeah." He essentially said, "Yeah." You know, we brought him in to be a number one receiver. And, you know, 10 catches on 14 targets is what your number one receiver is supposed to do. And I still think that the offense is a little more democratic than that, probably. I think they'd probably like to distribute the ball a little better, you know, whether it's, you know, finding a way to get it to Cohen, as we talked about, or finding a way uh, to get it to Taylor Gabriel. But, yeah, I mean, Robinson looked good. He said he felt good, which is important. Uh, you know, that was really, you know, I mean, that's the best game he's had in a year and a half because of his injury, and, and, and that can only help his confidence as, as he uh, looks to kind of stabilize himself after that torn knee last season. Well, Nagy just came from Kansas City, and he should be watching how Andy Reid plays his Tariq. And maybe run them same things with his Tariq, huh? <laughs> he's man. He is. 
he is fun to watch, and, and he is really special. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I don't think Tariq Cohen is quite at his level. I don't, I, I don't think that Taylor Gabriel is quite there. Don't you, you know blaspheme here in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? If they're 80% of him, my God, that's yeah. cool. those are two really nice weapons. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really nice, and hopefully, hopefully it happens soon. Because I know, like I said, all the Bears fans they just want to see some excitement on the offense. They they don't like checkdowns. You know what? Sometimes checkdowns win. At the end of the games, things win. My my complaint. We started the show off talking about this, and the defense. It's hard to complain about anything with the defense except thirty five points allowed in the fourth quarter. Now I Ooh. understand. You know, gassed. Yeah, well, the Packer game, I understand. Uh, you had Aaron Rodgers. Last week, uh, you gave up more fourth quarter points and if it wasn't for Prince Mukamara stepping in front of a ball and going the distance, that would have been a, that would have been a hairy situation at the very end. They, what can they do to improve this? And I know that had to be some of the talk up at Hallis Hall this week. Yeah, I think they're willing to admit that in week one with Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith, uh, that they, uh, that they didn't have, you know, quite the stamina to, to play well in the fourth quarter or, or to play as well as they would have liked. Uh, I'll say this. If they play the first three quarters of each game the way they played the first three quarters, uh, it might not matter how many points they give up in the fourth, uh, because they've been really dominant, uh, for the, uh, you know, through halftime and, and into the third there. And, and let's put it this way, especially today, guys, uh, you know, I can't see Sam Bradford, uh, rallying the team for three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Are you, are you telling me that it doesn't matter? You're a pro football player, and it's big business, and you're making millions of dollars, and you shouldn't worry about being in shape, huh? Oh my God, that's what you should be doing. That's what you should be doing in off season. <laughs> Mongo, I'm not telling you anything, but yeah. what I have said is, is that you know, with Mac hadn't, you know, Mac had practiced what three times uh, since the end of the. Or OTAs and and, uh, and, and uh, Roquan Smith had practiced about what three, four and a half times, something like that. So uh, I expect them to be uh, rounding into shape uh, with each week here. Uh, and you know what? Both of them looked uh, pretty good Monday night. So I, I think that's a good sign. Well, and I was happy as we let you go. I was real happy that Vic Fangio actually admitted that some of the plays and some of the uh, coverages he called in that uh, second half of the game and he couldn't figure out why Roquan Smith wasn't running them right was because Roquan wasn't there when they put those in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the problem when you spend 29 days away from the team is maybe you're a little bit behind. But uh, I think it speaks to his athleticism. That, you know, the Bears decided Monday that he's still a better option than whatever's behind door number two. And uh, I, I think that that's encouraging uh, for what he can be both as a rookie and, and deep into his Bears career. Now, guys, you know, from week to week, the coaches watch film, and not, it ain't the whole playbook. They condense it down to what they want to run in that game. Are you telling me Fangio went outside of the game plan and opened up the whole playbook to run in that game? Oh yeah, I, I, yeah I, let's put it this way. I, I think Vic Fangio has been doing this long enough that he's not going to let uh, a 22-year-old kid determine what he does run and what he doesn't. Uh, and uh, you know, there was some confusion even on Monday night. Uh, you know, if you well, watch the film of Roquan looking around. No, what I'm saying is Roquan wasn't the only one confused on that field. It was Fangio too <laughs> calling that. He should have known that guy was out there. <laughs> Didn't he know he that? Yeah. yeah, they should have called the defense that uh, didn't give up the seventy-five yard touchdown. They tackle wow. the guy when he catches the eight, the eight-yard pass. Defense. Well, well, you saw what happened there, don't you? Khalil Mack yeah. so gassed exactly. he stops his pass rush 
and like drops back in coverage. Now, do you think Fangio called that defense? <laughs> I do not. No. No. <laughs> Patrick, we appreciate you jumping on for a few minutes. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Patrick Finley from the Sun-Times. And, again, if you get a chance, check out his article because uh, you'll see the breakdown. They do a, they did a great job of it today, breaking down passes thrown 1 to 10 yards. Wow. Um, Trubisky's 22 for 28. Uh, 11 to 20 yards, 6 for 13. 21 to 30 yards, 1 for 6. Starts going downhill. Yeah, and uh, well, you would expect it to go downhill a little bit, but you would hope for a few more completions. Like your bell curve in college when you l- realize yeah. you're flunking out. Exactly. Uh, his passes behind the line of scrimmage, 19 for 21. You know, those wide receiver screens and running back screens and Two things like that. Two incompletions. Two incompletions, wow. which should be, you know, hopefully they fell on him right away. Otherwise, maybe they can be returned. Um, but, yeah, 1 through 10, he's really good. 22 of 28. And then it goes uh, progressively downhill. So hopefully, but I, I'm still a little bit shocked. I kind of thought that it would it would be Trey Burton, and I think Patrick Finley did a little bit too. Um, Burton's a guy that went got from Philadelphia, a guy that can you know he wasn't their Zach Hurts, but he was their next guy and a guy that can catch the ball. We saw what he yeah. could do even in uh, you know in training camp and in preseason. We saw him catch the ball. They, Seemed like he had a nice little rapport with Mitch. They need to keep running tight end patterns with this kid, not putting him out wide and running. And route trees like he's a wide receiver. Yeah, you understand when they talk about knock. You take the top off the defense run, or receiver running downfield. The safety has to stay deep to stay over the top of that. Right. What's open underneath? Oh, it's the ever, middle. Wide open underneath. Run him in the middle. I got to tell you, Michael. When I was when I was watching Bears football over the last like ten or fifteen years, there would be times I would watch other teams and I would see seam routes. Down the field got to a him. tight end, and I would say, "Why can't the Bears have a guy like that?" Then the Bears got a guy. They had Greg Olson, who they were able to throw to. No, we don't need no tight ends. <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, we don't need no tight wow. ends in our offense. That, that's like the Raiders singing, the, uh, "They don't need a uh-huh. max pass rush." Yeah, exactly. Oh man. So I mean, you bring you, and then Martellus Bennett did it. I mean, Martellus Bennett ran yeah. down, ran down. You know, and 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 he's a big shave Sasquatch. That's what you do. Over the middle, yeah. You get open, you run down the seam, and you're always there because you send your receivers deep, and the safety's got to go. As you said, it's wide open. Look, you guys remember linebackers Troy Eggman and the Dallas Cowboys being the team of the decade in the nineties. Their tight end was named Jay Novacek, and that's all he did. Yep. You you release off the line of scrimmage, you get past the first down marker, and you turn around. Yeah. And there's the ball, and you get a first down. You know how they play, going. how they face each other and play pitch and catch before the game starts. Yeah, that's literally what that is. That's all you have to do. It's really, it's really that simple. It's a, it's not that hard of a of a game. Um, don't forget. Well, I don't know if too many rocket scientists playing in the NFL. Do you? <laughs> not many. There's is a it? couple. Well, we got a Harvard guy that's playing for uh, Tampa Bay. The Bears yeah. will probably get a chance to see boy, him next week. Boy. Right, had to make the grade at Harvard, and, and, and boy, it's a shock that he knows uh, how to read a coverage and throw a ball somewhere. Huh? Did you see last week? He actually had uh, Deshaun oh, Jackson. That was uh, the funniest thing I've seen in a long <laughs> that time. Was very funny. Now, the only what's what? What do you got on his yours? My chest hair. Yeah, he said that was it. The rest <laughs> I got to get back to Deshaun Jackson. We come back. I'm going to tell you about somewhere I'm going to be tomorrow. You get a chance to come on out and meet Trey Burton, and we'll also have Mongo's Man Ups. Uh, it's Steve Mongo McMichael, Fred okay. Hubner. Can we get this kid some liposuction? <laughs> Here on ESPN 1000. Steve Michael.
Mongo McMichael brings you his key matchups to today's Bears game. Mongo's Man-Ups. Nobody is tougher than Mongo. Mongo's Man-Ups. Ah, we've been teasing it all day. We moved it from 10.30 to 11.30. The Bears playing at uh, 3.25 today as they are in Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals have six points this year if they needed them or not. And uh, we'll see what the Bears do, but it's time for Mongo's Man-Ups. Mm. And let's just get down to brass tacks here. Okay. Akeem Hicks, you're fat and out of shape. All right? Okay. That's what I meant by, let's talk about muffin top. You know how the gut spills over the pants? Unfortunately, I do know. Well, how do you think that guy is not going to be gassed in the fourth quarter? Or really, after halftime? Uh-huh. I mean, where has he been? Yeah, he, oh, hell on wheels that first quarter and make us hack. Where is it in the fourth quarter, my friend? They need those his, It's because his mouth is so wide open, it looks like that donut I just ate. <laughs> and maybe he needs to quit eating all them, too. Because I know as bad a shape as I am now, I couldn't play in the fourth quarter either. But I'm 60 years old now, Fred. Yes, yes I'm you not are. some young man making millions like Akeem Hicks. Uh-huh. You know what happened, don't you? He got his money last year. You know how much work he did this offseason? Apparently not enough. Donut hole. Yeah. Well, remember in training camp, he missed the last week or two because of a, li- a slight injury. Slight? So, what, did he pull a gut, uh, some gut fat? <laughs> well, years ago, Rod Beck, the former pitcher for the Cubs, says you can't pull fat. So, Well, you can. They call that a soft tissue injury. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, that's what so, that is. <laughs> So uh, I'm looking here at tackles. I don't have. I, I don't see him listed here. No, no. for tackles. Wait, I mean, he. You know, how, how many sacks does he have? One. One. Yeah. All right. Well, Trevathan has two. Khalil Mack has I two. He, I thought Akeem had two. I, I saw him make another play in it. Yeah. No, he just has one. Unless they changed it. Well, maybe the week. it was just a pile on that yeah. he didn't get credit for. Yeah, I've got Mack with two, Trevathan with two, Hicks, uh, Roy Robertson, Harris. Uh, Roquan Smith, Eddie Goldman, uh, Eddie Jackson, and Aaron Lynch all with one. So they've got 10 all together. So. But this guy was the MVP of their defense last year. It's why he got re-upped. Yeah. And hey, where are you, baby? Well, and you think with a guy out rushing from your side, you're, you, Ooh, you get especially open. Especially with Khalil Mack. It, but you, there is one thing I have to. There have been times that Khalil Mack has been single covered and they've double teamed. Akeem Hicks. I understand that. Yeah. And, and so that is going to make it a little bit more difficult for him to get there. And But as, so, as long as you get the push from Roy Robertson-Harris or you get the push from Eddie Goldman. And I, there was a guy that you may not have known, but this, this kid, Belil Nichols. Okay, B-I-L-I-L Nichols. He's you, a rookie. you don't have to try to pronounce it right. Her, his mama he's, shouldn't have named him that. He's listening. Uh, yeah. they sh- he shoved the center into... Uh, Russell Wilson last week, allowing one of the other guys yeah. to come around, and he only he he actually played more snaps. I had it written down here. He had eleven snaps last week, and um, Bullard had nineteen. So slowly but surely, he's cutting into Bullard's snaps because he well, can get he can do what he needs to do. Bullard's the same way a bull rusher, just like you said, he pushed the center back into right. You're going to gas yourself, baby. Yeah. So you need you. Know, Tap yourself on the head and let the other replacement come in. Get on the bench and get you some rest and get back in there. But we, Akeem Hicks, he needs to play every down and be that threat. You, like you said, well, he got double teamed and there was only one guy on Khalil Mack. 
when he's out of the game, yeah. there's two on Mac now. Right. You understand? Uh-huh. He needs to play every down, not tap himself on the head, I'm tired and gassed. You get your butt in shape, young man. I told Fangio this when I, at, at the rookie camp from talking to him about defense. I said, you get muffin top in shape. He laughed. <laughs> I said, yeah. Maybe maybe calling him that in front of everybody will be so embarrassing. He will get out there and train harder and be ready to play every snap because that's what they need out of him. Well, you brought up a point, too, that I, I didn't quite understand until you explained it. And then it made complete sense. And that's when you were trying to talk to Vic Fangio about, um, about line stunts. Line and it's not just different ways to get into the quarterback, but it's also a way to, to keep your guys keep your guys active and keep them out there. All right. This is what I want everybody to do to understand what I'm talking about. Put your car in neutral. Get behind it. Not if you're driving right now on the expressway. Don't do no, it. But yeah. Well, I'm talking about in your parking lot. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Put a cone seven yards in front of your car. All right. Get behind your car and push it five times to that cone and see how tired you are. All right. Now, the next five times, get behind that car and run around it and hit the cone and see how tired you are. Uh-huh. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So you're so you're not a you're, line stunts. You're running around the guy. You're not trying to bulldoze. Because have you ever been in a street fight, Fred? Uh, a long time ago. Yeah, but, and but not recently. You know how long most of them last? Two minutes. Yeah, not long. And you're just gas. Everybody gets tired. It's because you're sitting there. Every muscle in your body clenched. Yeah. You understand? And that's what it is when you're pull rushing, pushing on that car or some 300 pound offensive lineman. Sure. You're, you know, pushing him back. That's your, every muscle in your body and you're getting gassed. You're running around the guy. You're loose and flexing and oh, that's easy. Yeah. Well, imagine being fresh as a daisy in the fourth quarter doing that. Yeah. And that, and now that, this, and why you've never understood that this year, I, I'm passing it on. Because it's time to pay it forward. Sure. I'm 60 years old. <laughs> I'm, you, t- I'm tired of being the rock star here in town. It's t- I feel I feel like Mick Jagger looks. So it's time for somebody else to learn that. There you go. There you go. So, uh, Muffin Top or Akeem Hicks. Muffin Top. We're going to call him that until he gets embarrassed by it. And You know, that's why we passed out sarcastic nicknames in the locker room. You know, the... The guy called it, you remember Sean Gale? Yeah. He come in from Ohio State and he was fat. I was calling him Roly. Okay. Because he had a roll of fat, a fat on sure. his That That infuriated him so bad, he, it wasn't a year later, he had a six-pack. Sure. And all pro. Uh-huh. You understand? There you go. And, you know, yep. that's how people resent Ditka. Oh, look at him tirading on his players. That's why he was doing it. I'll show you you're wrong, old man, and you get what you want out of him. Yeah. That works. Does it still work with the players nowadays? They, they just don't give up on you. Nicknames. They <laughs> pat each other on the back. Come on, we can do it. No, you can't. Unless you're motivated by not wanting to lose. You know, the fear of failure, Fred. Yes, the fear of failure. The is fear awful. of failure. Yep. You better believe that is the most instigating thing somebody that is a success is on their mind. Sure. Before they go into it, the fear of failure will help you succeed. Yeah. You shut those oh, no, doors. You know what I, I talked about? You talk to old men, and they'll teach you the doors to shut that fail for them because it's going to fail for you. That's what I mean, the fear of failure. Yeah. You shut them doors because if you go through them, you're going to fail. Yep. 
Uh, so, it's Akeem Hicks. He's Mongo's man yeah, for you, today. Listen. And maybe for a while longer. Look. look. That muffin top ain't going to leave in one he, week. If he keeps getting gassed out in the second half, he might be man up every week. Just imagine next week. Oh, actually, the game's here. I was worried about it being in Tampa. But the Bears are home oh. next week. Bears better, are home next week. So he better good. start taking a saline solution right now if he's going <laughs> to play in Tampa. <laughs> you know, we, were talk, we were talking earlier, just briefly, we talked about uh, Clay Matthews and the hit on the quarterback, which a lot of people thought was a good wow. hit. Clay Matthews. You turn your head, put yeah. your shoulder in his gut. Put your shoulder. And, now, some people said that if you looked as he wrapped around. He yeah, wrapped he jerked up, him he, up. He lifted up a little bit. And that's what the penalty was called. And on. that's why. But now, look. Before he hit, before he hit the ground, he let that one hand go to catch himself because he was on the side of the quarterback. Now, he, that official when he saw him, you know, jerk. Yeah, he was pulling the flag. That's when it was happening. Yeah, and he couldn't figure it out. They've already had, as I mentioned, four of them called on the Packers last year. They had one called on them last season. Uh, Vic Fangio. Uh, was asked what he thought about uh, ways to avoid the Clay Matthews-like penalty. Yeah, I have a good sense of what you can and can't do. Um, you know, we uh, pride hey. ourselves in not being penalized too much. Uh, we were in the top five last year, both in least penalties on defense and in yards penalized in de- on the defense. And, and we don't want penalties, so we try to school our players on what the rules are and how they're calling. But I understand the rule is is one thing, but knowing how the, each individual official is going to officiate it is another thing. And what one guy calls one week, if that same thing happens the next week, it may not be called. So all the little individualities of the officials, you know, is the heart that the part that becomes concerning. And, you know, the rules are clear. It's just like an offensive formation. The rules are clear how you're supposed to line up, what constitutes an illegal formation or not. But a lot of officials let it go. There's a lot of illegal formations that aren't being called. Um, so it's one thing to know the rules and understand the rules, but more importantly is how the officials are going to call the game. So whether officials are going to call it in big moments? Uh, the Matthews thing certainly was that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know what to tell you on that. <laughs> And, and you know, you never know when the referee was going to call it or not call it. I don't it. know what to tell him on it. Thanks for the tie. Yeah, that might have helped. Uh, you know, oh, it sure did. We're two and one. And you know, let me tell that you, was what. an intercept that turned out that was an interception return for a touchdown. Got yeah. called back, and all of a sudden, it allowed uh, the Vikings to tie that game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Try Garlic. His uh, his Twitter name is Try Garlic. Uh, and he said that he's pulled over his truck. He's in neutral pushing the truck right now. He's going to find out. He's going to get back in that truck gas. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. He's going to say, thank hey, goodness I got hey. wheels and a gas pedal. Well, he's just trying to save gas in his truck. <laughs> I didn't mean save ga- gasoline. <laughs> he's pushing the thing all the way. We come back. We'll hear a few more cuts from, uh, we may even hear from uh, our, our man up man. Uh, Akeem Hicks oh. talking about the defense as the Bears get ready for Arizona. Hey, is he going to run out of air talking like Yurko does? <laughs> and myself, too. We'll have to find you know out. we've talked too long with sure. <laughs> We'll have to find uh, out. We're going to find out. It's my good friend right here at ESPN 1000.
Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Hubner and Steve Mungo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Ah, don't forget, we've got a game coming up right when we're done. The Colts and the Eagles. It's been raining in Philadelphia most of the morning. Carson Wentz is active. He's a starting quarterback for Philadelphia. Let's see what they can do against the uh, Colts and Andrew Luck. A wet field that your feet are going to slip out from under you. There's been plenty of guys tear up a knee doing that, and they're going to start him today, are they? Yeah. Wow, I'd rethink that. They might want to at least hand the ball off a lot, do something like that. Oh, I've seen, you know, Otis Wilson, wet field in Green Bay, pass rush on the left side. Muddy field his left foot slipped out from under and tore his AC, and he didn't play in Chicago no more. And that's one of the better fields, too, isn't it, up in Green Bay? Man. Well, now maybe. Maybe it wasn't back then. Frozen tundra, my eye. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's raining and wet. I don't care what you had scheduled. Right. Maybe you should think about his bad knee. That ain't good for it. Well, we've got it for you right here. Colts and Eagles, right? We are done. Also, tomorrow night, uh, come on out and see us. I will be at Anthony's Restaurant and Pub in uh, Joliet, uh, 3151 Voyager Lane. It's a confusing address, but we're right near the Lewis Joliet Mall. We'll be out there from 6 till 8. And Trey Burton, the uh, tight end for the Chicago Bears, will join me in uh, the uh, 7 o'clock hour from 7 to 8. We'll go over the Bears, hopefully a Bears victory. Break it down for you. One lucky winner will walk away with a pair of uh, Miller Lite loft tickets. Uh, you must be present to win. And uh, so we'll be doing that tomorrow night. I don't even want to know what they're paying these new kids to show up and what they're still paying me, Fred. <laughs> I won't ask them. Don't. No, I don't won't, even I, tell me. Yeah, I won't, I won't ask them. Don't you dare. So hopefully Trey Burton catches a couple of balls. And uh, he's been doing something nice, too, uh, for charity. Every catch, $1,000. Every touchdown, 2500 I think it is. Of and, his own money? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. I see. You know, Chris Long. Donated his whole salary last year to charity. Oh, he's playing again this year and keeping it all now. <laughs> yeah, but well, he, you know, and you know what? He, he's had, he's fallen into some nice teams over a couple of years. Yeah, so it's worked out for him. And we we had to, I had to give this guy a little bit of a play because we've been talking about Akeem Hicks uh, for a while. He said, uh, just so you know, it's one and one yeah. in the season. He said is a you, marathon. You know what? It, what? It, what? It, the like word, makes a marathon. You know the the word and the definition of the word to use when a guy's sitting there fat and talking, bloviating, Fred. <laughs> okay. So let's hear some bloviating. I'd say next is just a continuation of that, right? Not not getting too high on your success, and um, it's kind of the same thing with Green Bay, not getting too low on something that we didn't finish the way we wanted to, right? So just being able to stay even keel. That's what you know. Younger guys have to understand is that, you know, it's a marathon. You know what I mean? You have to get all the way to the end if you want to get a chance. And so you just got to stay even keel and be able to, to, to progress but not get too excited. How, how are you going to run a marathon when you can't even finish a game? <laughs> Maybe it's Eve, hey, Fred, what I talked about a while ago, that's how you play up to the competition. You stay on an even keel. Right. Maybe you should stay on the highest level you can every freaking game, huh? Every snap. Yeah. That would be nice. So... You know, the things young players say that think they're appeasing or appealing to the listeners, morons. 
Steve Mongo McMichael. You'll be at, we know where you'll be later this afternoon. I'm going to be at Mongo McMichael's because it's so close to Joliet. I can't go over there and promote your place, Fred. I'm sorry. There you go. It's Steve Mongo McMichael, Fred Hubner. Thanks to Eric Ostrowski here on ESPN 1000. Go Bears!